Welcome back to the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. I'm Ty from the Unemployed Architects. This week I have a good longtime friend here. Kendrick Coates is uh, with me today. So uh, what's been going on, man? Man, just trying to navigate this whole quarantine deal, man. It's, it's definitely put a log in a lot of things. And it's, it's, it's put a log, in, log into things of we didn't know this was going to be happening and so we have had to shift so many different things within our everyday lives so so what's been the main i mean are you still working pretty yeah yeah regularly working working from home from the with a full-time job and then i have the side sports performance uh, business and that's kind of slowed down a little bit just because of quarantine and parents not wanting to have their kids out yeah i mean they're just being out on so do you do that like at a gym or something like that or do you go to like a where, where do you do that at so it's two different places so there is a facility that i use the flying dragons or they call it the den that's the pole vaulting facility here in bloomington Normal. i forgot you pole vaulted didn't you pole vault a little bit but i work mostly with the sprinters right well <laughs> rightfully so but and i thought i thought you that was like your uh your field event was pole vaulting. Yeah, I tried it, and I think after I popped my hamstring, that was that was it, that was it man. <laughs> I mean, I, I pole vaulted. I never got very good, but... Um, I was in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think 12.5 was, like, my highest, which yeah. was, you know, took me four years to even get that, you know, and right. that was on a really windy, graceful day where the wind was at my back, so it really right. shot me over. I remember uh, Mike Pano. You remember him? Yeah, yeah. So he was a lot younger than me, and... Uh, like the day I got my personal best, which was just twelve, he got the same thing, and he had been doing it way less time. So I was like, the one day, I, and it was like I we were the top, so we could have won, actually won that day. But um, so we were tied on my best day. So I was like, oh, I gotta at least get because yeah. they go in up in, in intervals of six. So I, I like had to, I had to just uh, make make the the twelve six just so I could you know get my personal best and win. But because uh, it was like my only chance to ever win at pole vault, like ever, because <laughs> I was so bad at it. It's tough, man. There's it's so, it's so technical. It's a weird sport. Yeah, it's so technical. And then I always give kudos to vaulters that that just it's it's a little bit of a, a daredevil type of deal. Right. You're completely inverted inverted on a pole, and you have to have so much trust in that confidence pole that is going to take you over the bar and, and then, confidence in yourself to right, man, get that far back and like be that high i mean phil hansen was doing i think 20s like <laughs> he, he would get 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 that high in the air and just be completely yeah. flipped upside down i, I can't even There's imagine no way i mean i have a hard enough time getting in an airplane let alone Right. Right. There's no way, man. Yeah, maybe that was my. I'll I'll say that was my problem. I was afraid of heights, so I, you know. Um, uh, So where where you're? Sorry, I interrupted you. You were saying where you do the training. Yeah. So it's the so the pole vaulting facility here in Bloomington Normal, which is I mean the the sports complex. If you've never been in there, it's 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 a good opportunity just to see how massive this place is. There's two pole vaulting pits with runways uh, and again I, I work mostly with the sprinters and then I, I train at a also a local gym so in the summer when it's nice outside I prefer to be outside with the athletes it's yeah just, I can it, imagine that would be better for me I, I don't like being inside and so um, and, the, and the athletes like they they've been cooped up in a facility from we'll say late October all the way to I mean in Illinois we're looking at 
maybe the end of March to early April before the temperatures are actually nice. I mean, it's even later than that a lot of the time. I mean, it'll go back and forth in April all month. And then, you know, by the time you're like mid-May, I think you're relatively safe. You might Mm -hmm. have some cool nights still, but yeah. So getting outside, any excuse to get outside, I'm always all about. And I think, uh, you know, that exercising, which I normally don't do outside when it's nice out, it gives me more of a reason to you know, actually work out because mm-hmm. it's like, that's my thing I do outside. So it's like when it's nice out, I don't want to waste it. So it gets me, gets me to do something like today when we were me, me and uh, Kendrick here, we, uh, we went out and did some sparring today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's not normally an outside type activity, but, uh, me, me and a good friend of mine, Steve Holcomb, we used to do it out. And, um, I mean, it, w- it would have been five years ago or something like that, and uh, one day I think you you went you hit us up or we hit you up and Some, somehow it came up. And, <laughs> yeah, we got you out there and man, you guys were. I think what happened is I came and I watched you guys. I'm like, dude, like you guys are straight up slugging each other. Yeah, we we go hard. We don't we don't uh, we weren't pulling our punches in that period of time. Right. But um, I mean to. To really spar like that, you have to have, like, a really good partner and a really, like, because, you know, things can get super heated mm-hmm. um, real easy if you don't have the right temperament. And Steve's always just been, like, my partner when it comes to that because, you know, if, if I get hit really hard, I'm blaming myself because it's my mistake. And mm-hmm. he does kind of the same thing. You don't get mad at the other person for, I mean, that's the whole point. That's why you're there. And I think it takes a long time to kind of develop that. Uh, mental awareness or consciousness of actually, you know, it's not the other person's fault you got hit. It's your own fault you got right, hit. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I remember you coming out and being a little timid at first. Yeah. And you know, how long have you been doing it now at this point? Man, it's been, oh, I, I don't really remember. What I can say is looking back from when I first started sparring with you guys and then till now, it, I've gotten so much comfortable. I mean, even today you got me pretty good. It was a nice, clean nose shot. Just to, to what you just said is you're mad at yourself because you allowed yourself to get hit. And um, I, I, I've, I do a pretty good job at avoiding being hit. Yeah, I would say that's your strength and, for sure. I mean, um, I, I hit air a lot when we're boxing. <laughs> I can't even close the distance a lot of the time. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just... Uh, I'm chasing you around. There's not not a lot of punching going on. I think when we're, I mean there's a lot of a lot of nobody hitting anything. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know you're you're really good at kind of getting away and then kind of coming back and then getting away and then mm. coming back, which you know again like I always say I think tires you out pretty quickly. Mm. But um, it's definitely one method of doing it and uh, it's a good way to not get hit. So I mean yeah. that's that's more important than any other aspect I think in boxing is. I mean, uh, like who wants to who wants to going to ring and get slugged on. I mean, unless it's think back of Muhammad Ali with the with the rope dope. George I mean, Foreman. He, he took it, uh, bro. He, he took it and it's my favorite fight. You you look at that fight and you're like, the the punches don't look that hard, but I mean you hit It's me George with Foreman. Few, right, but you, you hit me with a few body shots today and I felt them. It wasn't anything like oh you, you And just I'm not even it. close to I mean he was just cutting into him as hard as he could (laughs) and i mean i think ali's main focus was protecting his head so he would take a lot of those and those head punches that 
um, Foreman would throw at him, he would kind of, you know, block up really, really tight with it and kind of lean back a lot. So mm-hmm. when he would get hit with those, you know, really lessen the power, but those body shots are brutal. He just, yeah. he was a different kind of person. But that whole, the whole story behind that whole fight is just nuts. I mean, yeah. um, Ali was, you know, late in his career. He'd lost, or he got stripped of the title, you know, mm-hmm. for the, um, Vietnam not going to war he was kind of protesting and then uh eventually you know he got there's like three years without boxing like at all mm-hmm. and then he comes back and you know he's not the same Ali and it, he I mean that he won the belt the second time for that fight uh nobody thought he had a chance Foreman was cutting people down in one two rounds <laughs> like and like Joe Frey uh, Frey uh, Joe Fraser, Muhammad Ali fought a couple times, and they were like pretty close fights. Mm-hmm. And I think Muhammad Ali actually lost one out of. The, I think they total had three fights, but the, when he came back, there was two of them, and I think he lost one, one, one. And I mean, Foreman just murdered Fraser, yeah. and then you know, so they set up this crazy fight in this crazy location, and the you know the publicity was. You know, it was it was epic. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of fights like Ali's fights. No, I mean, that was no. like a, a generation definer, I think. And uh, you know, so the rumble in the jungle, and you know, everybody just wrote off Ali as being an old has been. Right. And then he comes up with this idea to just if I just get through the first like three rounds, he's gonna gas out, mm-hmm. and then I can. And you just watch him, and it's so artful. And uh, Whoa! All right, we weren't expecting this. I mean, we mentioned it maybe that it could happen, but uh, this is uh, Big D in town in Illinois. I know he was just a he was just a guest not that long ago. We just released that podcast, and now he's just showing up. Yeah, man. We'll do this. I don't have a I don't have a third set of headphones. No, it's all good, bro. We were just. I was just uh, going into a long Muhammad Ali lineage about, about uh, George Foreman because we, we we just got back from boxing and uh, so we, we miss you man. I know, bro. <laughs> yeah, I should I should I shouldn't I shouldn't I should let you guys catch up for a minute before I just get right back to what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, you that's mean at boxing? You, he was saying yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I thought you were just saying. Yeah, I know, bro. <laughs> No, nice trip, so how long how long since you guys have seen each other? Time, bro, I think it was um I think you guys had a show one night. Yeah. And it was at Fat Jacks. I think I was like with down, you. Yeah, downtown, bro. I may have been with you. Yeah. And this was like Johnny Times. This was well, maybe I was with you and you're like, Where's Big D? Where's Big D? Where's that Big sounds D? right. That sounds real right. <laughs> and it was like I think you guys you guys were the show was starting at maybe nine. Right. And it was like eight fifty five. Nobody knew where Big D was. Did, was Big his D drum was. set even there is the question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then well then we would have probably been using Mathian's kit because that's probably who we were playing yeah, with. We so didn't play with their kids. I think you guys we were because didn't they show. open for you guys? It was, at, we opened for them all the time. Was it? I thought it was vice versa, he don't yeah. remember. <laughs> we we maybe. flip-flopped a lot. We took turns. We played here, uh, not Springfield, Champagne, somewhere else. The bigger one, like in Springfield, for sure, like we opened. But I feel like we opened up most of those shows. Yeah, we flip-flopped it a couple times. I don't remember yeah, that. I could have swore. Yeah, I just remember the cowboy guy. Was, was it M- Michael uh, Schneider, right? Schneider, man. Yeah, Schneider. yeah. He was the guy who was their ma- Mathian's manager and sound guy. Yeah. Uh, always wore cowboy boots, cow- cowboy hat, and... 
uh, throughout the whole night would mm -hmm. would be wearing dark sunglasses uh. in a dark bar with no lights, yeah. <laughs> and then drive home in yeah. sunglasses at three a.m. He's a crazy dude. Yeah, he was. He looks he, like the dude from August Rush. Yeah, Robin Williams' yeah. character kind of crazy um, hair and shit, rings on his fingers everywhere. But yeah. yeah, that that sounds exactly right. Like he would have been calling Big D twelve times, yeah. and he would have been. Seen him. I he probably would have held up his hey, phone. I'm just around the corner. There's like no. fifty five. He would he nine oh five. Hey man, we're Big D. Hey man, I'm just getting out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> he, he probably let let it ring and just looked and you laughed at it bro. <laughs> a bunch of times. Because I'm just saying, I I cared way too much, and I still. Uh -huh. I have that problem because I mean it was a shitty show at Fat Jacks. I mean it was fun and everything, and I like to you know try to do things in a timely fashion. But starting 15 minutes late isn't gonna you know at the end of the day isn't that big of a deal. But you know to me that day that was my whole world. So you know and D, D would probably just be like, man, he's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> He just shows up. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and that's pretty much well, it. He's warmed up at home. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, did so that was that was at least probably what? I want to say that was 10, probably 2012, 2012, 2012, 2012, eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I think time that was flies, the last bro. last time. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I picture you blue jeans with white shoes on or some shit. I don't probably, remember. I probably had them on. That I sounds right. I feel like that's what it was. <laughs> I remember him standing there in his posture, you know, athletic style. Like, yeah. like, he's going to start, you know, like, He was probably looking at his watch. Like, that's, I mean, supposed to start at night. Even, yeah. even to this day, and, and that's how, like, with my schedule, if I have it on my mind and, mm -hmm. and it gets sidetracked, mm -hmm. it, th it throws me off. I'm the exact same way. The exact I'm like, oh, way. something new. Yeah. <laughs> D will end up who knows where sometimes. Oh, shit, he might be at the wrong show. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be unintentionally, though. He would just end up at a different show and watch it for a little bit because he, like, wanted to, yeah. you know. It wouldn't be like he just ended up there haphazardly. He just goes with the flow, you know. Right, right. Um, so you've been doing, you've lived in a couple weird places. You Weren't you living in Thailand for a while? I traveled or, there, so I, I spent. I thought you taught, didn't you teach English well, over there? A, I had a job offer in China. It was going to be at a university to teach English as a foreign language. That's so, cool. Um, when they, I think it was mid-May, and our we were leaving for our trip in June, and so they sent me over the contract. And I'm looking over the contract, and it was X amount per month. They were going to give me a bicycle to <laughs> commute to and from work, nice. and then a laptop, and then I think they were going to uh, put me up in a in a room. So the more and more I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, China for one year, and this is when I I just decide to go vegan right maybe six months prior it seems like a good place to be a vegan i don't know i don't know man cats and everything over there don't they i don't know that's part of their delicacies i think that's what they do well yeah but i mean it's a lot of rice though i mean yeah which i can i can smash some rice but i think the whole idea of being committed to a location a foreign country yeah. one year because I didn't know how I was going to handle being outside of the country. Yeah, and then I, you I, get you get two months in and you're like, I want to go home, but yeah, you can't, yeah. you're kind of stuck there. Yeah, I can't imagine. So, I mean, I want to do that, but I can't. I mean, it's it's fun. I, I, I think the reason why I ultimately decided not to sign that contract was because I think I wanted more of the experience of being out of the country and seeing different cultures and seeing different different people meeting so people. you did go to thailand or no yeah i was i started i started in thailand and we spent i think 
six or seven weeks in Southeast Asia. So it was between visited different countries and uh, different areas in, in Thailand, and then we went to Vietnam for a while, and then we cool. flew all the way to Sweden. So, so how, that's man, a big jump, yeah, it was <laughs> a big jump. I, I wish. How did that? How did that unfold? I, I, I wish that I could fall on some plan that would bring me the. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't ever search it out or anything. But I mean, did you like do a lot of research to make that happen, or how did it all happen? <laughs> no. How do, like People how does that unfold? End up in. <laughs> I would I would be very interested. How did that how did yeah, that uh well I think it was a friend and I went to Ireland in J- January of that year. Oh, and so we went to Thailand January of that year and or I'm sorry, uh, uh what's it? Ireland. Ireland. Man, you've been all over. And That's awesome. After the Ireland trip, I was like, man, this is this is pretty cool. Like what's what's our next even right. our, our flight back to the States, we're like, well, where is our next place gonna be? And that's when I started looking into teaching foreign language, this, that, and the other. So what are the qualifications it takes to teach a foreign language? Man, it depends on what country you're talking about. <laughs> right. I mean... <laughs> because I, I did I some... send him a headshot. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> literally, headshot, send over the resume. Because literally, there was there were some places I sent my information. They're like, hey, we just want to do a quick phone conversation. It's like, well, don't you guys want to see my face? No, we, we saw your resume. So it was a little bit sketchy. But then other areas, it was a little bit more, intense. more strict. Right. Kind of like the university. But I mean, do you have, what do you have your degree in? I mean... Health and wellness back. Background. So it's not really anything to do with teaching. No, but I had to get my certification. So it was okay. TFL. So it's like teach English as a foreign language certification, which was a whole. I think it was a three month deal that you had to go through, and they. I mean, it was. It's a lot of homework, a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that I wasn't really into at the Is time. Is it just like? To how to communicate like more effectively or is it i mean what what is the what so are they learning, teaching you learning the english language <laughs> <laughs> i mean Mr. Ramsar's class because you already know english i mean i, I feel like you i think i know english and then the, the ins and outs those, of nouns and pronouns those cla- classes made you think twice <laughs> about that <laughs> yeah man i feel like i know that stuff but if it was put in my face maybe maybe yeah. not so much That's so. True. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was a lot of just diving deeper into the english language and then how to facilitate a classroom. And See, I, I would guess that that would be the part that like would be like the hardest about that. Because I mean, I can speak English okay, and I yeah. feel like I have an okay grasp on like you know all the parts of speech, and like I remember diagramming sentences and stuff mm-hmm. in high school and whatnot. But how to communicate with people that don't speak any English and try to express ideas to those people, I feel like would be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Well, for for most of the places. They had a, from my understanding, there was a general understanding of English within, and especially at the university, there was a general understanding of English, but diving deeper into structure of how to put together a sentence and punctuation and this, that, and the other, that's kind of what the role was going to be. See, I'm thinking like when you're saying you taught English like it's beginner, like they don't speak any English. No, no. Okay, so these are... And I guess a lot of other countries, that's like a main thing they learn. We just, yeah. because we're, you know, Americans, we think that, <laughs> you know, we would we would never do that yeah. until high school. We yeah. would learn a, and then we would just do a very precursory, like, glance instead of, like, you know, really diving into it. But um, Right, right. So you're teaching more advanced um, English than I was thinking uh, you were. I would say it would be... 
it's been a long time since I looked at the information, but I think from my understanding, it was not basic, but it was kind of intermediate type of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, like, can can say two words, you know, building somebody up from that. You know, you see it in movies, yeah. I think, depicted, and that's a lot of times what the people overseas are kind of doing is, right. like, um, Good Morning Vietnam. That's a classic case of people... I feel like there's a class in that movie mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they're they're teaching, like, from just square one. But mm-hmm. you're saying that, you know, these people already have a general understanding. Yeah, yeah, so, 100%. I got gotcha. you. So, um, and that took you three months to get your certification, and then you uh, you just went out there? I mean, what, what so what's next? So, I got the certification, and then I started. There were different... <laughs> um, there were different... Um, <clears throat> different job boards that you could go on and take a look at what was out there. So I just started sending my resume and some of them, the the requirements of what they wanted, I was like, man, that's too much work. So I was trying to find the easy place. Yeah. I was like, I, I want to go, I want to travel outside of the country. I want to have a job. So the easiest place. Almost, yeah. A, a vacation, yeah. yeah. But like a working vacation. A working vacation, yeah, 100%. See, I want to do that with my music, but it doesn't seem to pan out. So <laughs> just need to start teaching English, apparently. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be your assistant. I'll be your assistant. You can pay me. Can you speak English? All you got to do is not, bro. <laughs> so it's overall, it's a, a good experience. Um, Southeast Asia is a the culture is so warm and welcoming there. It, it's it's one thing to see it on media of what Southeast Asia is portrayed as, but yeah. when you get there, it is a little bit chaos, a little bit of chaos when you're in Bangkok because you're seeing hundreds of motorbikes and it's just like they have a different like I saw maybe two accidents in the seven weeks I was there really? I see accidents every day you, know, <laughs> right. and stuff. you yeah. can't even pull out your driveway without getting an accident <laughs> and, and I mean the people of Thailand were just ripping and running with these mopeds and there was it looked like chaos but it was organized chaos right. with how they <laughs> navigated these bikes mm-hmm. and uh, at one point I did buy a motorbike <laughs> and I tell you what man I'm I and I mean this wholeheartedly I'm surprised I wasn't significantly injured because there were two times I can remember we were I was in Vietnam and I had a little bit of need for speed mm-hmm. and I thought I had a helmet so I was like I'm cool so yeah <laughs> yeah for sure so I'm flying on this bike and traffic you know how you're in traffic and it's flowing 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 somebody hits on the brakes yeah, yeah. well the semi in front of me hit on the brakes or it was like a moving truck hit on mm-hmm. the brakes and I had to take my bike off the road uh, and I pretty much flipped it but it was the most like Fast and Furious way to flip a bike. Mm-hmm. I think they have bikes in those movies, right? Fast and Furious. I don't know. Oh, no, no, the cars. I stopped after the one with the Wincho from uh, Friday Night Lights was in it. I watched the, the drip, first after one. That, a little bad one. That was my last one. <laughs> I watched the first see, one. They're in China. That's yeah. what it was. I didn't really get it the first one, so I couldn't really do it. Well, think, of, think about a movie like the most epic way that you yeah. can drop a bike. And I dropped the bike, and I continued running while I was in the air. So then once I hit the ground, like, it was just a, it was just, like, the most elegant way to drop a bike yeah. and continue running. The, I could see it in my head. I feel like I can picture like, it. Yeah, there was this huge boulder 
that I was going towards. So that's why I had to drop the bike. Otherwise, I was going to hit this. So is the bike really messed up? Or no, it wasn't. It was just surprisingly, fine to get back on. It was, and yeah. So that 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 situation happened, and then there was another situation where I almost got hit. Um, I can't remember where I was at, and then at that point, I was just like, it's not really worth. Because I'm done being now. in being in another country well yeah what would happen if you got hurt or something over well, there I or had, it was weird i don't know if this is even would be valid but i had travel insurance mm. and i don't know if it was i just was like i mean me being 24 25 at the time i was like damn this is this looks legit let me sign up for right, this. Yeah. Right. so so, <laughs> if I, something, so so if i broke a leg or something and then you have to go to the hospital that that becomes a little bit sketchy because i don't know how it is but right. i will say Somebody told me in Vietnam that a lot of people will travel <coughs> into Southeast Asia to get dental procedures mm. because it's a little bit cheaper there. I wasn't really trying to test those waters to see if I broke yeah. my leg or right. what kind of procedure they. Yeah, do. I, mean, I mean that being that, ri- I won't even <laughs> so get on a. I won't even get a, on a bike over here. I was on a bicycle and then I I got in an accident and I have a scar permanently on my face. Yeah, you know, crazy. from from just a regular bi- bicycle. So I mean, the idea of getting on an actual motorized mm. bicycle uh, and like being overseas on top of that and like in just an unfamiliar territory. Right. I mean, pretty ballsy, if I'm being honest. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a, but uh, you know, if 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 nothing like that ever happened, to you, you don't really think about it. You know, mm. but now that I that did happen, I'm like. I probably would second guess it. Yeah, yeah I'm you second guess it. This is just silly to even risk it. I mean, I'll just get in my car that will protect me all around. You know? <laughs> 100%. So you went. Uh, so you, that you're talking about Thailand right now. Do any Muay Thai over there? Or? I didn't, but I saw some really cool gems, and I think if I was a little bit more mature at the time, I would have immerse myself more in the culture so that's thailand and yeah, then yeah. you and said then you went to vietnam vietnam, vietnam was, i liked vietnam more than i like thailand i've heard it's really really cool to look at like it's like very you know like painting-esque kind of yeah there's a lot of history and culture and art right. there um, would you say the same thing about thailand though or yeah the, it's, i mean really so these three places you went you went Ireland, so Ireland Thailand, Thailand, and Vietnam. Vietnam. I mean, they all are notorious. And then Sweden. So, I mean... Sweden. Sweden geez. was the cleanest country I've ever been in. Well, you life. always hear that. It feels like it's clean as saying the name. Man, <laughs> you could literally... Yeah. the in the In the women, the most beautiful women in the world, in all shapes and sizes. It's like Sweden is known for women. Yeah. yeah. Man, like... I've never seen women so beautiful. Like, I, I felt like I was in in a in a movie. So is Sweden more like in the mountains? Isn't isn't it kind of mountainy there? See, I didn't, I didn't get that experience because I was in Oslo. So Oslo was more city like. Okay. And we didn't really venture too far outside of. I think Oslo was the only place. So the the Thailand. Vietnam and Sweden were all one trip though like yeah this was all this, so it was about four four months I think four or five months of traveling so Southeast Asia Southeast Asia and then we flew to Sweden and then made our way back down to uh, Norway so we were in Norway as well Man. which was was cool and then kind of made our way down to Germany Czech Republic so you you went to Germany too I was in Germany. Man, <coughs> you're just a world traveler, Kendrick. I, I didn't even know it. I thought it was just Thailand. No, man. No. <laughs> the whole shebang. Yeah. And so from Germany, Czech Republic, to Italy, Spain, and 
when I was in Spain, I stayed in the mountains at this, uh, as a refuge. So it was for like people who went up and skied and whatnot. That was their place to stay. And I remember the guy who I stayed with, his name was Fran, Fran, Francisco, Francesco. He'd always be like, Ken, Ken, what are you doing today, Ken? <laughs> and, and at one point, I think I did something. And he, he, he always would say this. I, I, I don't even know how it came out of my head, but I was like, I said something. I was like, ah, what the flying fuck? Right. And he's like, ha, Ken, you are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so anytime he's like, flying fuck, flying fuck. <laughs> so I spent about six weeks up there, and uh, that was in the mountains. It was really, really cool. And he, he trusted me so well. He, he trusted me to the point that he let me drive his, it was a manual. And, he, oh, and, I, and this was like down, we were way up in right. the mountains. And, this was, and it was one lane going down. So Yikes. if I were to make a wrong turn or if I would have gone over the cliff, I was over the cliff. Right, like, dead. Straight up. Yeah. And uh, he's like, do you know how to drive manual? I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> but at the time, at the, time the, the, the Wi-Fi didn't work up in the refuge. And mm -hmm. so I had to go down into town for Wi-Fi. And I was like fiending for Wi-Fi because I had... Uh, you know, to communicate with people at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, man, I know, I know how to try stick. Mm -hmm. Like, it's easy, man. A little overconfident. Um, yeah, looking back on it, man, because <laughs> if, if, if that car went over the, <laughs> it was going over the edge, bro. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, Italy uh, spent, so, and then came down into Spain. Spain was cool. I was in Barcelona. In Barcelona, I would almost, I've never been to Vegas, but if you're in Barcelona on the beach, mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, it is like it, it was like a whole strip, maybe a mile and a half of right. like bars and clubs, and it was like outdoor and indoor. Beautiful women there too. And while I was in uh, Spain, while I was in Barcelona, I was trying to figure out if I was going to go to South America or if I was going to go to Africa. I couldn't decide which way, so I ended up going to Northern Africa. And it Man, was... I haven't heard any of these stories. We've hung no. out, we've hung out like boxed and stuff for you know. Not, I mean, not a ton, but yeah. none I mean, of this the, stuff comes up. The story, these stories take like two hours, right? To tell. Right. And I'm terrible at telling stories because I add in every single detail. detail it was yeah. sunny. It was sunny on this day, yeah, and I was drinking a, a Fiji water, and I had a, a popsicle. Well, I just, I mean, I, I, I again, I, I thought this was gonna be like, yeah, I went to Thailand and then I came back. No. But, <laughs> no, he's like there in a huddle too because he's like, no, so if you go this way, I go this way. Just this way. I was like, all right. A little, little extra in the detail. I'm learning this shit right now. <laughs> so, so when I got to, and, and this is typical me, when I got to Morocco, I, I was actually on a ferry from Spain. We took a, I took a ferry as, and um, I had no idea where I was going. I was just like, man, I'm going to Morocco. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have anything booked. I had... My, my debit card froze up because you, once you travel so much, right. your bank's like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, I think you're so it locked up. Activity. So I was kind of in a, a pickle to get money out of an ATM to get to Morocco or to get on this ferry to go to Morocco. And luckily, I don't know how the situation panned out, but I got the money out and got on the ferry, and still I didn't know where I was going. And luckily, I met these two couples from Oregon that actually spoke English. <laughs> I was like, hey, and you know, <laughs> and I can make friends with anybody. Right. So I made friends and had a beer with them. I was like, where, where are you guys heading to? In my mind, I'm like trying to skip. Right. Like, hey, can I go with <laughs> you guys? <laughs> it's kind of like sliding into the DM. You just low key. Like. And uh, 
they they're like oh we're going here i don't know if there are any rooms available i was like oh yeah i'm going there too <laughs> so uh i got there and i had to check out i checked out three or four hostels before i actually was able to book a room right and that was the most stressful experience because when we got off the ferry to get to where they were going it was about a two and a half hour taxi ride so even if if i didn't meet them I didn't know where I was right. going. Yeah. I had no idea where I was going. That's so, nuts. Yeah. So went there, and Morocco was was cool, man. Spent I think a week and a half there, two weeks. Did a camel trek into the Sahara Desert, where That's it, crazy. it was I always like, want to do something like that. Bro, it was dope. It was it was dope, man. And and they took us. I wanted to do all this stuff you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bob always kind of want to do like the desert. Bro, it's like the the most what it feels and looks like. Like when you think of silence, yeah, right. It's pure silence. You don't even hear a bug. Yeah, you don't. You hear nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you see like the sky, shooting stars, like every ten to twenty. Because there's just no light pollution. Yeah. And um, they played the drums. Like the two African guys that guided us into the desert, and this was like two hours in from where we were at, and. Obviously, there's a lot more to that story. I could go for three hours. Right, but, right. That, um, where, anywhere else, or is that the last stop? Or is there uh, ten more places you're going to tell me? That, so you know? I was in Morocco, and I visited a few different areas in Morocco. Marrakesh was super, super cool. And this was, this was at a time where there was a car bombing, I think, a week prior to going to Marrakesh. And a lot of times when people talk about, hey, this happened here, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm willing to take that risk because it's an experience right and and i never put myself in a position to where i look back and i let fear dictate how i navigate and it's the same thing with what covid going on is yes there it's it's there's a significant outbreak going on but i'm not going to sit in my room and Mm -hmm. be extremely fearful to go outside and smell the roses you gotta you gotta get out well there I, i don't feel like i mean if you just sit at home all day, you're gonna go nuts. Like there's there's sure. no way that that's good for your mental health to just sit um, all day alone and not talk to anybody. So I mean, I I just uh, you got you gotta you gotta take a little bit of risk. I mean, so you've been working pretty much through quarantine with the corporate job, and yeah. you said you're slowing down a little bit with uh, athletics and whatnot. Yeah, since COVID. But yeah. uh, but everything else, you're trying to. Are you going out on the weekends, getting wild or? Nah, man. The 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 party days are long gone. I think I, I. I mean, I'll go to a bar for a drink or two every now and then with a friend. But like right now, specifically, like, are, I mean, you're, it's not even really an option for you. No, nah, I don't even. <laughs> I, got you. I just did. <laughs> I just wonder if 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 you're because you're saying you're you know not taking. So you <laughs> you're, you're 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 not letting fear guide the, you know your your choices and stuff. Yeah. So I just wonder if that was one of them or not. Um, no. Because that you know with playing in bars all the time, that, um, that's more where I'm like curious what people are doing and thinking and saying. So um, I will say, I mean, I went to a bar with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was strange how you had to wear the mask going in right but after you were in you could take the mask off right so what happens if i bump into somebody and so but i understand like it's 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 the it's the action of hey we're trying to be socially responsible with with business open and having people come in here so i get that but my mind that's the first thing i thought i was like that makes no sense yeah yeah there's a lot of that i mean makes no sense type stuff going on but i don't know i just feel like if there's a way i could help somebody 
by wearing a piece of cloth over my face if I need to. I mean, it's not a big deal. It doesn't really hurt me that bad. Yeah. And I mean, my job kind of requires it, so it's not like I'm not used to it. I don't know. I don't. I don't really get the whole being obs- like everybody's so upset. Like it. I don't know. It feels like Illinois is a little extra bad on that front. Like With the signs. Well, just people. Yeah, people getting really bent out of shape about having to wear a nut. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And it's like if I could. You know, if I prevent somebody's grandma from mm-hmm. getting sick, like who cares? Like what? What's what's the risk reward benefit? I mean, there's no reward really for either, but the risk is if you don't wear one, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's gonna possibly hurt somebody. So I just feel like that's probably okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You guys I think of essential workers; <clears throat> they gotta wear them all day, and yeah. for somebody to, and I think of the same thing. I was like, man, I don't want to wear this into the store, but you got essential workers that are wearing them all day long. What is it for me to just, my, my trip into the store, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're trying to help those people that have to be there all day, every day, you know? Um, but I know people get really, it's really touchy subjects. (laughs) Yeah. Nowadays. I mean, there's such the the information is just, you hear this and then you hear this. Yeah. Well, as far as what's, are you saying what's real with the like all the information and stuff? Well, you got some people that say, Hey, wear the mask. And then other people, yeah, you don't need to wear the mask. Right. So it's like, make up your mind. Who, who, can we, can we all get on a team and make a a decision? That's the thing. They're, 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 everybody is on a team, but they're different. There's two different teams. So it's like, like everybody's really far this way or really far the other way. And it's just like, there's no way to work together. I mean, I, I, I'm not really, really far either way, but I mean, it's just about being decent. And I feel like a lot of people are like, if, if you don't agree with exactly what I say, you're the devil and I don't treat you like a person. <laughs> like if I wear a mask, like I can, I can literally feel people just look at me, like, give me that look, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's all uh, about conformity, man. People but, look at things on levels. But just who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, it's not really going to hurt you or help you if I wear one. If you don't wear one, I would prefer if you did just in case. But <clears throat> if you're not, it's, I'm not going to be like... Mm-hmm. Some people just don't like that, man. I know. <laughs> they're I mean, like, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's things but, on levels because it starts with that and they think in their mind... It's going like to, you that. know, they're going to take more rights and yeah. then more rights well, I mean, and overreach. Everything's like that for anything, so I mean... Right. I'm just right. saying this is a worldwide issue. It's you know, why we should we should try to you know face it all together and do kind of be on the same page and be on the same team. And it just it, it hasn't felt like that in a long time in right. just America. I mean, so, I mean maybe when I was a kid, maybe I just. But even then, it's like did I just wasn't aware of it as much when I was younger? Like the separation mm-hmm. of the sides. It's just so overwhelming at this point and you're just getting inundated every day and you you can read one article that 100 percent agrees with you but if you look up the uh, the counterpoint to that article you can find one that just completely disagrees with Mm -hmm. you and you know every variation in between and it's like what's real what's not and why why are we even doing this to ourselves Mm -hmm. like i just don't even i don't understand it well you can go to the internet and find Literally, you can go to the internet. I can I can go on there and find something that agrees agrees with my right. thought process of what I believe in. So, I think a lot of times people aren't their thoughts aren't challenged because you they, it's pop an up echo Google chamber. and it's like, oh yeah, th- this it's outlet oh, yeah. this outlet makes sense because this is what I think. Oh, and so that why do why are people so 
uh, I, there's such a commitment and, and investment on their ideas that they've made because all the information that they're seeing plays into what they've been thinking. It, time. it just it just kind of uh, makes them hear what they already agree with. And yeah. then, you know, you hear that over and over and over again. But it's like, let's just get some good information. And if your information is different, let's just... what what What's so wrong with just being wrong sometimes? <laughs> like, I'm wrong a lot. I say dumb stuff. I do dumb things. I mean, I every, everybody... But, but it's like, now if somebody has a different opinion, you know, the worst case scenario most of the time is that they're wrong. I mean, just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't doesn't mean that um, some some action's really going to be taken from that. And I don't understand. Just have a discussion. You mm-hmm. can just talk it out. And mm-hmm. if you go away disagreeing, like, oh, well. I mean, right, right. I, I mean, me and Big D disagree about a lot of things. I'm <laughs> sure of it. But we're still good friends. Disagree on times when we're supposed to be at the show. Big D's like, man, I'll be at there at 9. Ty's like, hey, man, be there at 8.30. Yeah, right. I'd be like, be there at 6 p.m. We play at nine. <laughs> Big D's but like, I, I already know your game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He figured it out really, really fast. And then, and then, and then I w- if I went back to the old way of just telling him the normal time, then he would think I was doing it. So yeah, yeah. I, I kind of screwed myself a little bit. But um, <laughs> so uh, I know we were gonna kind of touch on this. I don't know how much yeah. you guys are. Um, wanting to do it, but uh, uh, so no time. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> no, um, so the the thing with the George Floyd, I was gonna mm-hmm. kind of get your takes on that. I mean, if you want to, you don't have to say yeah, anything yeah, about it. But a... uh, like, just just the overall climate in this country, and like what you guys are dealing with, going through. I don't know. There's. The, the whole situation with George Floyd, and it's unfortunate that a family member, they, they lost somebody that they loved due to the negligence of a quote-unquote trained officer. Yeah, you're, you're to, using that good, you, you know loosely, it, loosely. <laughs> trained. You know what I mean? Trained. And, and, and so looking at the video, and I typically don't watch a lot of those videos just because my energy is so sacred, and I'm not dismissing the importance Well, when of, you watch those things, it's it just, you you get so frustrated and angry, and right. it's like, who are these people? Right, like, right, right. And, I, I mean, that's just from my perspective, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people kind of write them off and think, like, oh, you didn't see what happened right before that, but... Mm. Some of the stuff is just. It doesn't even matter, and nothing happens. Right. Yeah, there, there, there shouldn't there shouldn't be that ending Over, to any was situation. It, uh, a counterfeit. Uh, oh, that well, that's uh, you know that's the specific case. But I've watched, you know, I've went down rabbit holes where I watched just, and I, I mean, there was a long time I think where I was just you know it, it, blissfully unaware of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then you see some of these videos and you're like. I've never even heard like for me, you know, I've never even heard of I've heard of like. Sh- shitty stuff happening mm-hmm. and like discrimination and stuff like that but to the level you see on some of those videos and like you just like you said it sucks your life force out it does it's like how could you do that to another person i don't care what happened before that i mean it's your job to be good at handling situations like this and you're not doing it but anyway back to the there's so so with with the video uh, and and people that are around me, I, I talk about this as far as energy. And my energy is sacred, meaning I 
control what I watch, what I listen to, who I'm around. You treat it like it's a diet. Like your your diet of food is the diet your mind is what you're saying. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch this video. And it took me back to all the situations I went through ever since as early as fifth grade. Or I'm sorry, fourth grade just by watching that video because this issue it's it's not new it hasn't gone right. away even when obama was in the office these issues were still there and and, and people were like well america's making a change because we got a black guy in, right. in the white house <laughs> and in my mind i'm like that same i think two years while he was in office um i think it was I don't remember the date, but I was pulled over by an officer. And and the reason why I was pulled over was just straight BS. So I was, the girl I was dating at the time had a, a car and she had the back windows tinted. And it was like 5% on the back windows and the front two were clear, which is legal in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving, minding my own damn business. And and doing the speed limit, everybody knows I drive like right. every day right. Sunday. Well, you're a very you're <laughs> a very specific <laughs> fella. You're a very driver. Right, right, right. So 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 the 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 officer or the state troop pulled up behind me, and anybody that is a minority knows what that feels like. And I was like, all right, here we go. So then he pulled out into the left lane and pulled up to the car. They were on the interstate. And I look over at him, and then I look forward. Immediately, when I looked forward, he pulled me over. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, like... So he comes up to the car, and he's like, uh, you have any idea why I'm pulling you over? That's the dumbest, uh, that's the yeah. dumbest question to ask me. Like, I, no, I don't know what you're pulling me over he, for. He wants you to, like, give him a... Yeah. Like, if you just say, uh, maybe I was speeding, he'd be like, yep. Like, <laughs> 100%. And, and the fact is, is he can lie. And, and what does that leave me? Right. Right? And, and so I was like, no, I mean, I do the speed limit religiously. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll speed every now and then. But for the most part, I'm always doing the speed limit just because that's too much of a stressor for me to be always be looking out for officers. Yeah. I'm with and, you there. I go 75, <laughs> 79. It's like right. the craziest I'll get when a 70. And so... I mean, I just... I can't afford it and nobody i mean nobody likes that feeling of no, get, i mean it, and like you're saying you have to like if you're doing that then you're like you know you get wide out you're look you're you're, you're getting all paranoid yeah. and like it makes you a worse driver probably I but i can't even relax in my own car right right, right. Speed right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about so, you do you big speeder what? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure, man. yeah i know you, you, you take your time to get anywhere that was the joke d <laughs> that was the joke so, um... Not anymore. You said you're better, right? Yeah, man. I'm pretty decent my time. All right. I didn't mean to side rail this. <laughs> my, 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 my. So you got pulled over. Uh, you said, uh... Pulled over. He, he came up to the... He came up to the car. Hey, you know why I'm pulling you over? I was like, I have no idea. And, um... I, like, you know, I think he took my license registration. And I could... I could have been... Okay, what are you pulling me over for why do you need my license and registration? If, I don't know what right. I'm pulled over for, There's... and you never really told me what I'm being pulled mm-hmm. over for. And I'm not even going to fight that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because back to George Floyd situations like that, yeah. right? And so I gave it to him. He came back. He's like, um, you know, pulling you over these tinted windows, and he 
pulls out his device and measures the front window. He's like, it's factory tent. It's factory tent because it came with the car. Right. right. So the back windows are legal. And so I, I, I got a warning for it. I kid you not, I typically don't stay mad or get mad about anything. I was mm-hmm. legit mad about that situation for about three years. And the girl I was dating, she was like, just drop it. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Nah, I ain't, I'm not <laughs> dropping that because yeah. I knew... It wasn't a rightful. He, he didn't pull me over from a good place. It was more of pro, profiled me, right. and I'm thinking maybe I looked at him and didn't wave. And and a lot of officers they take this the, these uniforms and they hide behind these uniforms to hey you bow down to me. Like that's not you're another human being. I, I just looked over to you. It doesn't mean that I have to wave at every single person. Uh, and, and so got the warning out. Yeah, man. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You get nervous no matter what. I, I know that this is on no way the same thing, but mm-hmm. um, I am going to say an experience, some experiences I've had with police, which have not been good. I mean, and uh, so in high school, there was one time we were on the way to band practice, I think, and uh, I was driving, I think it was in the car with Ross Graves, he was driving, and I got like pulled out of the car for some reason. I was just in the passenger seat, my seatbelt was on, um, and then there were two cops that just like... You cor- had two, bro? Cor- I know, I know. You always get like 14. <laughs> yeah, well, we, if you want to get into that story later, we definitely should. Cause, oh, fuck that shit. All right, we don't have to talk about it, but that was ridiculous. I can't even Still believe got that, that happened. Shit on, on DVD, bro. Yeah, well, I remember watching that. Yeah, Crazy, but um, I got put in handcuffs and in the back of a car. Like, what? What did I do? Like, n- literally nothing. I. It was actually um, Ross Graves had an uncle that was a cop, or like a, his sister's husband or something like that somehow related so i kind of thought that maybe they were like messing with us a little bit like trying to like you know kind of put put us in our place so i didn't really take it too seriously but then we just went to town and there's this guy named corporal cox i don't know if either of you ever had the last name oh man he was just the he i don't know just very very everybody knows him as being a huge dick pretty much i mean i'm 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 not uh, i wouldn't be alone in saying that and he you know Super mean guy, and he just like put put me in handcuffs in the back of the car, and I'm the whole time just confused. But he, he's later in the police report says because I was smirking. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's what you want to say? Because <laughs> I was smirking, and I probably was. But is that is that a reason? And then at the end of the conversation, when they pulled me back out of the car, um, the other guys like, well, and I don't like it when your friends drive fast in the alley behind my house. So, so <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Why, why am I even out of the car? I'm the passenger. Like, I just had no, I have a very, like, I'm very paranoid of police at all. And it's because I'm from Pontiac. And the police there just have nothing else to do, I think. But I've, I, um, there was another time I had to go through a full field sobriety test. And as you guys know, you know, I don't ever, you know, I, I in high school never did any drugs, never, you know, drank alcohol. You know, pretty hard on that line. I had to go through a whole field sobriety test, and I just like she she ended up and told me that um, I was pulled over because I had one of those air fresheners hanging from my yeah. um, and call obstruction of view. And then she said I was slow to respond. I'm like okay, <laughs> but so since since these got and there you know there's a couple other little weird things that have happened with us and the police and. You know, so anytime I see a police officer in a car, I'm taking a different route. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get out of there. And uh, 
I remember I got pulled over after a show one time because there, like, it was like 2 a.m. And again, I'm, you know, stone cold sober, but yeah, no reason to be scared, no reason to be paranoid. But, you know, I've had such bad experiences with police officers that cop started following me. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to try to avoid this from happening, whatever is about to happen. And I, you know, turned and, you know, tried to get him to quit following me and eventually I just pulled over like into a random and he, you know, flipped the lights on and, and I was like, you know, it's like, why, why were you avoiding me? I'm like, cause you guys are crazy. Like, what? duh. There's not, no confusion. Like I, I literally don't think I've ever had a good experience with a police officer, but that probably pales in comparison to the stories that, I mean, it, it, it gives another perspective of, minorities aren't the only ones that are that are targeted and i don't i don't i'm not trying to dismiss how we are typically treated yeah i mean it's worse it's worse when you hear stories like that even i had a friend in colorado um cj he was telling me he was at a, a rally and i mean he was shot with a rubber bullet and he was on it he said he, yeah he's <laughs> the way he explained it was CJ, he's comical. Right. Uh, CJ's usually, like, really good when it comes to police. Like, he's Mr. Smooth Talker. Yeah, yeah. And and he said he was he was leaving on his moped and got shot with a rubber bullet. And, and when you hear stories, when I hear of my friends that aren't minorities go through these same things, yes, it may not be on the same level, but you can kind of relate in right. the sense of, why was I pulled over, officer? What Can you tell me what, what what's going on here? Yeah, well, that, that's what I was saying. When... That's what brought up my story was because, you know, if I see an officer, I, I'm i the same as you. Like, I would look away. I would straighten up real quick. I'd be real paranoid and maybe slow down a little bit or, like, try to take the next exit. And, you know, what it ends up and they're like, they use that as the reason to pull you over because you're suspicious. Mm-hmm. Well, we're sp- suspicious because you guys can't be trusted. Like, <laughs> you're not doing your jobs well. Right. But I, I will say this, though, and... and some people may agree or disagree, but I can only speak on my experience. I don't think all officers are bad. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, and you only hear about the bad ones. But right. I've I've just never had a good ex- Like, there's been maybe two times where there's been a nothing kind yeah. of feel where an officer will pull me over and I just get a ticket and it's mm-hmm. like a normal mm-hmm. transaction, which... You said you know, transaction. I, I mean, kind of. It's like he treats it like... I mean, he is collecting my money. I mean, a yeah. tax collector, essentially, but... Because um, I was going a little fast. But. I'll say this as well to just give you even more context behind it. So my dad lives in Milwaukee, and he's got a good job, good wife, house. I mean, there's no reason why any officer would be like, man, we need to pull over him, pull him over. And I got a phone call from him, I think it was one morning or one evening. He's like, bruh, you won't believe what just happened to me. I'm thinking, you hit the lottery? Right. <laughs> Think it's going to be something good. But he's like, tell me why I had about five officers pull their guns out on me. Oh, my God. And my, my heart, like, immediately dropped because I didn't know where the story was going. So he, how he explained it, he was coming home from work. And in Milwaukee, it's typical to see officers or uh, some situation where there's officers flying by you. Mm-hmm. So he saw the first officer fly by. He's like, second car flew by. He's like, man, there must be a bad accident. 
And so he's driving, he looks in his rear view, and at this point, I think there were three of them behind him. When it was all said and done, they all pretty much got behind him, circled around him, cut him off, got out of the cars, and pulled their guns out on him. See, I and think that's the difference. Like, I'm paranoid of the police. What you doing, but bro? I'm getting a story. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, the difference... You shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> he was on the road. Finish the story, so, bro. <laughs> so, so they got out of the car... Pull the guns out. They're like, get out of the car. And my dad's like, the car's still in drive. Like, I, if I pull my foot off the brake, the car is still going. But if I reach down to put it in park. And they got their guns drawn. Right. And so he, somehow he was able to finesse it to where he's just like, boom, put it in park. Got out of the car. They pulled up on him. Got his registration and everything. Guns drawn in his face at this point. And there's two officers. They're like, well, is the car white or silver? And my dad's like, what the fuck? Like, right. White or silver? You, yeah. And they radioed, radioed back and forth. They're like, hey, we got the wrong car. Now, I, I tell that because as a minority, one, why did guns have to be pulled out? Yes, mm -hmm. they, they had a call in that there was a car stolen. Mm -hmm. But to pull guns out and then on top of that you have the wrong color vehicle right so if my dad were to make a wrong move and they shot him they would have been able to justify it well he reached out to park his car we right. thought he had something in the car right. so that's the difference that a lot of people don't understand when it comes to minorities the sometimes the force or the energy that some of these officers give us is a lot different than maybe somebody that is Caucasian Right. Literally, that was the thing I was trying to interrupt the story with. I know I ruined the story. I get it. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. What I was, what I was gonna say is the difference. Well, I'm just saying the difference is I the result. My my worry is that I'm I might like they might put me in handcuffs, might take me to jail. I don't have to worry about dying, you know. And I think that that's you know I can't even imagine that. Like I'm already scared of the police. I'm already like paranoid mm -hmm. when they're around, but if that was even an option, that you know, just just something as simple as you're saying, just putting the car in park, and ah, uh, just makes me sick. It, and 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 they, and it's weird how, and I've kind of looked into this of how. Police basically police themselves. So if there's a situation, mm -hmm. they do an internal investment on the officer at hand. That's why you see some of these officers that the dude that was on George Floyd's neck. I think I read that he had already had prior incidents where yeah, I, I already had a lot should, of those. And, and so again, police policing themselves is an issue, mm -hmm. and and it's a it's a I think it's designed that way, and and. and as a minority that the story my dad it was just like I could never if something were to happen to my dad because of that situation one Milwaukee Police Department would have somehow found a reason to justify right. why they shot him mm -hmm. and for nothing for nothing and more than likely the officers would have been they would have had an internal investigation and everybody would have vouched for everybody else and paid leave and then, hey, okay, your suspension is over. And you just took somebody's life. Mm -hmm. So the situation that we're dealing with George Floyd and people want to say, well, he, he, he must have been on drugs or he, he, he was violent beforehand. To have your knee on somebody's neck for that long 
how do you justify that? He he was not fighting at that point. Right, he was begging for his life. Right, and and so so I think. And the guy already knew him. Anyway. Right, that was that's a weird side plot that you exactly. hear about later that like they didn't they didn't get along and they knew each other. Yeah, and, and so and and you see that. So take an officer like that who didn't may have not have liked Floyd, and he 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 used that energy on him because of his power because he was behind a badge. Right. Now now take that situation for example what happens and this is how i think about this what happens to a caucasian officer who gets the training by caucasian individuals who is then put in to we'll just say chicago for example mm-hmm. where we'll just say a an area where there is predominantly black mm-hmm. what kind of energy is that officer going to have if he's never had experience working with minorities so so this this whole systematic it, it's a systematic issue and and what's the best way to to fix it i mean it's so deeply rooted in our society and and within politics that i i hope within my own lifetime that there are things that are on the local state and national level and some change but with change a lot of people want to debate well this isn't an issue. Racism isn't an issue. Why is it even debatable? This dude just yeah. put his neck on. How can you justify putting your neck? And then they want to come out and sort of, well, he may have had COVID. Get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. That was what? ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole it. story is ridiculous, but that's like... Stop listening a while ago. Bro. <laughs> right. Icing on it's the like cake. It's like you can see it. So, I mean, it's already done. It's blatant is what you're saying. Right, right. right. And it's just like... Uh, even even if he you know even if all the things that they are saying is true it doesn't warrant the result mm-hmm. i mean there's no there's no situation where that is okay mm-hmm. and i mean it seems like there was some weird personal issues there seems like what you're saying he he's you know he felt empowered by the uniform maybe to be like above mm-hmm. other people but i mean i think it's also just a lack of training i mean uh, there, there's no de-escalation, training, bro. If you've been in the force, you've been in anything for a while. Experience gives you training, bro. He's been I, in the field for long enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm. I'm so, not saying you could have trained that out of that guy because it sounds like he had a bunch of prior. If it, it was like his first like incident, maybe you could be like, well, mm-hmm. he didn't do a lot of things right, but it didn't seem like he was, you know, inexperienced. It's, I mean, it's excessive force towards minorities. I mean, excessive force when you got pulled out of the somewhat excessive force when you got pulled out of the car and you were handcuffed. Right. Right. And and I've even had situations where even some of my Caucasian friends in Pontiac and I mean we talked about uh, the individual I talked about earlier. He was explaining to me his situation where he was pulled over by an officer and one of the individuals was pulled away from the car and the officer punched that individual. So the it wasn't on camera, and right. this is before body cams. Yeah, and, and so and this is with in our hometown where we grew up. And right. So you think of that of how much hostility that officers have towards an individual or family because they were able to speak so highly and 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 so and on a, on an, a level intellectually that some of the officers that did try to harass them couldn't keep up with. And, and so you know, man, I, I think that. The issues that that we have are aren't new. Social media has been able to expose a lot of these. And that's officers. honestly, it's great that that. I mean, yeah. I because like I was saying, I was just 
ignorant. I mean, there's no other word for it. I, uh, before I started seeing some of those videos and like, cause I mean, I had heard about it and like, uh, you know, there's been some weird stuff that's happened obviously, but I was never directly in my face. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like, uh, Pontiac has a huge African American population or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And, uh, um, so I mean, when I was young, I used to read like biographies. That was my thing. I'd read a bunch of biographies about like great, great people, essentially people who achieved some sort of greatness. And um, you know, one of my favorites, like we were talking about earlier, Muhammad Ali, probably my all-time, one of my all-time idols. You know, kind of, uh, and he's you know living through the civil rights movement and all that stuff. So me as like a young person, I'm reading all. You know, I read. Martin Luther King, Malcolm mm-hmm. X, all those books that, um, all those biographies about those people because they were great people, you know, and I, I, I read a bunch of different ones too, but um, anyway, so, you know, in my in my head, since I wasn't directly exposed to it, you know, I, I was thinking like, this is something that's been hashed out, like we figured it out, we're on a good path, there's still some racist, those people suck, and I don't see them very much, so, you know, it's not really a thing. But then you may not see them, but well, for what they may be closet races, right? Well, that's what so I'm I didn't saying. Cut you off, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I, I just it was it wasn't directly in my face, so it's like, you know, I, I didn't give it the acknowledgement it deserves because I was just like, well, we figured it out back then, so you know, we're we're heading in the right direction. Eventually, all the old racist people will kind of die off, and mm-hmm. we'll just, you know, be be a normal society, but. but we're we're not even close. Like I I thought I thought like when I was young I just like after I you know got through some of those books that I'm talking about mm-hmm. like I'm like it's over we did it we won we're good mm-hmm. and then you see those videos and you're like what are you looking for no I was just no keep keep, keep um, I I was just saying um so yeah I just uh you know it, it's just been so un uninitiated i guess is the right word and then you see those videos and it like you like we're saying it it just takes the energy out of you like it does it uh, hurts your soul and you can't believe that somebody would do any of this stuff i mean there's a certain part like if you don't understand another race like you know, that's fine you know just like i was saying you know some people have different people are right people are wrong that's fine they can be that but uh i mean to active i just don't even understand it honestly like i i mean to be that aggressive and mean just for something as stupid i mean it's pretty much like hair color it's not that much different you know like i have blue eyes you know if Mm -hmm. people with blue like brown eyes were like you know screw that blue those blue Mm -hmm. like what so you kind of go into like the gene elliott experiment where she does an experiment with um and, and she's if you like if you get a chance so she does separate out brown eyed blue eye and she does an experiment I, th- I don't know the age level and very quickly people start changing the way they treat right and, and this is this is mostly a room of Caucasian individuals so you just see that of just you you give and, and the funny thing is people are so easily controlled right so you just give them a little bit hey we're going to hate these people hey we're going to hate, hate you know what they do and then you say it over and over, and that's what media is doing. Right, it just so, reinforces So is, is racism still an issue? Yes. But the thing is, you have, a in many situations, we'll just say 
city councils or uh, state politicians or from a national standpoint, you've got Caucasian individuals talking to other Caucasian right. individuals about race. Yeah. What the hell do you think? That? Yeah. It, it, it's like me going, it, it just doesn't make any type of sense. And, and me being the way I eat, if I talk to somebody that eats the way I do, of course they're going to agree with me. But if I talk to somebody that doesn't, they may have issues and they may bring my mind full circle. I think oh, we've actually had that conversation yeah. before, yeah. maybe. So, I think you've done that for me a couple times. but Yeah, and, um, and so how can you talk about racism and how can you have a solution if you have all the same people that look the same in the same room talking about the issue? Right. Right? Well, there's that, and then of course there's the women's issue where you get a bunch yeah. of old white men talking about what women should be doing with their bodies <laughs> right, and stuff like right. that. And that's yeah. the craziest, it's the craziest thing. And I try to understand it. I try well, it's to, just, it's because of the systematic stuff that we're talking, the systematic racism yeah. built in that. Those are the only people that even have a chance to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a, I don't want to take all the blame from them. Obviously it is, you know, them too, but you know, I just feel like our system's so set up for minorities mm -hmm. and women to not have a voice mm -hmm. that they're like if 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 one person doesn't speak even though they're white Caucasian people that are speaking for women or for um you know minorities and stuff like that um you know if if that if they if that person that is like trying to fight for their rights is white if he wasn't fighting or she wasn't fighting you know nobody would be there would be nothing which, you know, is a problem with the system, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that, you know, people in power, it's good that people in power are trying to help. But, you know, it's not the way it probably should be. I well, mean, look at, I mean, and this is an interesting one, because I always look into or try to look into information. So I went down the rabbit hole. Um, I think his name is Lord Jamar. I could be wrong, or Jamar Lord. I, I don't remember the name. And he brought up he was like and he african-american dude and he's like i don't support black lives matter and i was like ah where's he going with this <laughs> right and he's like look who, who's funding black lives matter and i've heard that argument <laughs> and it's before. and it's a rich caucasian billionaire right. who's who's funding it and so as my analytic analytical mind works i'm like okay the ca billionaire caucasian is is funding black lives matter for what reason? So I'm thinking about all the movements that we've been through. Think about MLK with what he did. We even go to thinking about what the Black Panthers were about back in their time of their movement. And I think the biggest thing that comes out of that is if you don't know what a movement is about, you don't know what the moves are, what moves are going to be made. It scares people. And so that's the only thing I can come back to because, I mean, look at what MLK was fighting for. And you look at the Black Panthers, which they have just been... Well, one thing I wanted to say about the MLK thing before you get into the Black Panthers is, like, it's such a weird idea to think about, like, in my mind as a child, the way I was taught and stuff, he, he solved it, you know, he fixed mm -hmm. it. He got murdered. He got assassinated. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. like, that's thrown in at the end of the story and then you're just supposed to kind of not really focus on that part like he was trying to do this amazing thing and trying mm -hmm. to you know uh bring equality into america more so and you know what happened to him he got murdered right 
And, I mean, that's not the focus of the story. No. Nor, I don't know if it should be, because, I mean, he had a lot of... And would it have been maybe as big of a deal if he wasn't murdered? I don't know. Like, would it have been, like... Because I think that kind of made open some people's eyes. Like, oh, there really is something wrong with... Mm -hmm. But still, like, I mean, the outcome of that story isn't a good one. Right. I mean, and that's just one guy trying to speak up. Like, I... Anyway, so the Black Panther. Sorry to and, interject. No, there. I mean it's it's good that people are aware of what MLK was fighting for, and ultimately, yes, was assassinated for fighting for the rights of he wanted equality, right? And and so we look at the Black Panthers who've been demonized throughout history, so. If you look back, there's a guy named Fred Hampton, and he was one of the Black Panthers who started the Chicago chapter. And so what he did, and then the whole movement of the Black Panthers is they wanted to bring, they, they, were, they were an anti-racist group, but if you look at how history has portrayed them, they, were, they hated white, which is not, that wasn't the issue. What they did, so Fred Hampton, who opened the Chicago chapter for the Black Panthers, he started, he, he started the uh, these programs that helped white and black children with health care and free meals and i've never heard that before uh, you were you won't right, right. <laughs> and, and, and so he, you look at what he was doing and then the government stepped in they're like well this because it's you got a group of black folks trying to push for a greater cause and so what happened with what, and it's what's funny is I can't remember if it was Oakland, but you had I don't know the number of Black Panthers that marched to city council. And they may have some of the specifics wrong, but they had guns with them, and the guns were only for their protection because they had no idea what was going to happen. Right. They marched up and and they did what they needed to do. Not long after, it was one of the biggest gun reforms in America. So people talk about, we need guns to protect, but then, hey, you get a hundred well, black folks that have you guns. You definitely we saw that with the right. With that too. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The right and the left with the mask thing. Like, people were protesting just wearing a mask with guns. Mm -hmm. And then people were protesting Black Lives Matter getting shot with rubber bullets. Like, I mean, who... I didn't hear very many, like, any stories of people with guns being harassed at all by police or by anybody, mm. but then people just trying to protest for, you know, an actual, like, good cause, you know, trying to equality. I think mm. it's a pretty general idea, a pretty good idea. Um, you know, they, they get, you hear all those stories, and uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy that... Right. We don't vote like, and where's the dialogue on that? Like, why isn't somebody talking about why this one group of people is completely like un like? I mean, it's not. I don't think the police were unaware of what was going on, but you know, kept their distance. It seemed like pretty pretty elegantly, and then a whole another group of people that are harassed relentlessly. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's my echo chamber. I don't know, but well, there's in in. To even back to the point where the uh, MLK and the Black Panthers, and you look at everything that has gone on to where when that was happening, people didn't know the movements of what's... I mean, F FBI was trying to infiltrate what the Black 
Panthers were trying to do. They, they, they didn't have control over the situation, so I bring that back to Black Lives Matter and why is it being funded. That's the only conclusion that I can come to is it's funded to have control over, over a it. movement so that these moves behind the scenes can't happen to kind of undermine what the systematic issues are, what the, what's going on. And, and, and so, you know, and, and, and that's not to dismiss the Black Lives Matter movement because I, it's important that right. it, it's great that we see a lot of Caucasian and other ethnicities out there helping the African-American community bring I think the big thing is just thinking about it, being aware of it. I mean... Right. Because, like I said before, I was, you know, I was pretty unaware for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. just being, just being exposed to it and like understanding that there is a problem. Mm -hmm. I think it, no matter what the bottom line of the, you know, the old white billionaire that's funding it, I mean, I think that that's a positive thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's, but, but I always question where's the money going? Okay. Because, I mean, he may have an agenda that he's trying to, 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 or to fulfill so I always question I didn't look far enough into it to see you know where's the paper trail of money and we probably would be able to find it anyway. that yeah but but with all that being said with the systematic with these systematic issues how can we change that well I mean look at our education system one I think that's the biggest area but look at even you and I big D we're going grade school when do we learn about our culture February mm -hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> and it's the shortest month of the year yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you lose so we, we got we got black history month that's not going to help any awareness because what do we learn well we were slaves we came over in ships from africa and we were hung right yeah and and then <laughs> you also look at uh, different ways we can bring awareness yeah that's there, there's awareness happening but there's, there's got to be more of these conversations. People need to get uncomfortable because nothing... Look at big companies, Apple, Amazon, mm -hmm. Microsoft. If they were comfortable back in the early 90s, they wouldn't be what they are. They've innovated. They've grown. They've, they've built on ideas that they've had in the past around racism. It's like nobody wants to have that conversation because it's not that bad. You know, I've got... I, my. My, I, I went to I went to high school with a black guy. I'm not racist, but you know what? I've dated girls, and I've heard that message. But then once I started dating them, parents shift their thought. Well, no, we're not for that. Right. What, what happened? What happened just a week ago? You you went to high school with a black dude. Thought you weren't racist. So people don't think they're racist, and that's the biggest thing. People are like I don't see color. I'm not racist. You're not racist until it's in your face and it hits you at home, and then people are like. Oh well, this group that where are you getting this from? Where's the hate coming from? Right? And, and I'm so thankful for well, both I think, of my I think it's easy to just it's like a scapegoat a lot of times for people like, you know, if things aren't going good in their life, maybe it's easier just to be like it's somebody else's fault, maybe? I don't know. Push and blame, I mean I, uh, you mean bro. I just mean like you know, um, all right, remind me what I said again. You said scapegoat and people don't want to. Right, so, um, you know, if people yeah, are. Santa Claus all right, <laughs> for Christmas? <laughs> if people aren't generally happy, it's a lot easier just to 
blame it on mm-hmm. somebody else, say it's their their fault, or you know, you know, I don't know. Just so they're happy, as in like the victim is happy. It's no, I'm saying like the person that's racist could think like it's some some other. It's easy just to place the blame on maybe a whole ethnicity mm-hmm. for why they're. Like, um, no, man, just my, dislike or fear, bro. That's all it is. I'm just saying, like, uh, an example would be like um, immigrants stealing people's jobs. You know, like it's easy to be just just. That's only debatable if you're ignorant, bro. If they ask you, like, yeah, that's dumb. But <laughs> it, it, would you do that job? Yes or no? Who's gonna do that job? Shut the fuck up. Well, I'm saying Give like people the opportunity. They're gonna do. They're gonna do it. Complain about something that's real. That's not real. I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not fighting for this racist person. I'm not saying that he's right in doing this. I'm saying that people look for the easiest solution and don't want to think hard about stuff. Yeah. Right? A lot of times, I'm not claiming to be Mr. Thought, and, um, you know, Professor X or anything. But um, you know, I, I feel like you, you got to face. The, you got to face the conversation. There's going to always be uncomfortable spots. There's you get you got you got to have it. But yes, I, I I agree. And and if you look at you know where we grew up and surrounding areas, there's there's no incentive to have those conversations. Why am I going to have a conversation if I've never been exposed to another ethnicity? If right. I didn't travel throughout Southeast Asia, Scandinavia. Western Europe and Africa, my perspective on the world may be a completely different, but I was in those cultures I saw for myself. Mm-hmm. And even when I was in Italy, one of the guys, he used to, and, and his name was, I think, Francesco, too. And he a lot was, of Francesco's, huh? Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he started addressing me. He's like, ah, oh, my young black brother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, what? Like I don't I don't know you like that. He's like, Oh my black brother, my black brother until one day I was like the the dude that spoke English, I was like, Hey man, get your guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know why he's addressing me like that, but we need to have this conversation. And it was so unique how he explained it. He's like, People in America are so stupid because I'm addressing you from a place of my respect for you. I was like, okay, that's cool, but I don't know you, so maybe you should address me in a different way until you get to know right. me, and then mm-hmm. you may, we may have that conversation. That rapport. But, but the way other countries view racism, and, and, or how Americans view racism, how it's viewed from another country, they're like, you guys are <laughs> well, it is. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah, you you have the especially now. I feel like people, it's in your face that it's so messed up. Right, and you the America. America. What do people think? The melting pot. You want to build a wall for? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> because immigrants helped build this country. I mean, we're all. I mean, we're all immigrants. I don't. So, so I don't understand that. And 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 I'm not saying. And I don't care who people vote for because I know people that have voted differently than myself that I don't view we don't have bad blood at all we, we have conversations and we have disagreements what and that's happens, that's the big thing I was saying earlier like just yeah. being wrong or just having a difference of opinion it's mm-hmm. not that's it's okay. a ridiculous gun sign on the side of 55 what there's a ridiculous gun sign on the side of 55 what does it say I don't even know oh, gun save lives on 55 yeah. oh yeah I've, is it like uh, little signs that kind of build a sentence eventually it's, yeah it said <laughs> I've seen those it said thugs won't hold up school <laughs> if the teachers had a gun well, what, what sense like, does that make because if you put a gun in a school in a teacher's hands 
it's there. Almost it's accessible. A, also, it won't shoot up schools. But but that's not the issue because now you've not only put fears in the teachers, but you put fears into the students. So it's not a healthy environment, right? So schools are supposed to be an area or a sanctuary for growth and learning. Right. Obviously, the learning is very skewed because it's yeah. you know the system working you know fine at its finest. But yeah, it, it's I, I think you you can read as many books as you want on diversity and inclusion. You can read or watch as many videos, but that's not going to solve the issue just like one month of black history is not going to give people culture to understand our culture. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just the limited amount. They, I mean, even the the way they teach about, like, slavery and stuff like that, like, yeah. it's such a skewed version of probably what it really was like. I mean, I, I don't really know, but mm-hmm. I should, I feel like. I should know that. Like, I should have a real good understanding. You've only had one month of it, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like 18 <laughs> months of it. Because, you know, every year. Right, right. So, so they're like, hey, you're... Sw- you're sw- but it's the same lesson. It's the same it's right. the same lessons like, like, hey, every year. And, and, so you're and right. the way they put it is like, well, we get the the black Africans or and how they justify it. And this is the one thing that I'll never understand. So you look at countries. So Australia, you've got Australian or Aussies. Mm-hmm. Germany, you've got Germans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italia, Italy, you've got Italians. Uh, Spain, I think, you got Spaniards. But Africa, Negroes. <laughs> well, yeah. So so basically, people have been named after their country, and then we get like this the racial. Continent. We get a whole continent. Yeah, I mean, so weird. It's you, you get we have this like racial undertone. The Negro, the Negro man, and like what? There's what does that even make sense? So, but if we talk about Australians and Germans and Italians, there's no negative like energy behind right so so even at a at do you a think very... it's more just in this country that it's like that do you think it'd be like that outside of the as is it as bad outside of the country and from uh, other countries because mm. i mean i don't have you know, any I can't, I can't speak on how just your experience that's all i'm asking i i yeah i i haven't traveled outside the country i've done very limited traveling inside the country <laughs> so you know your perspective I, is I interesting don't feel i'll say this the two countries that I felt completely at ease and I was I was peace I, I was I was just like in the Zen world were Southeast Asia and Northern Africa. Those were the two countries in Europe. Like it's so westernized so it's it's very influenced by what we do. So I, I, I will say, I also put Ireland in there as well because I didn't feel any negative tension when I was in Ireland, which was good. awesome. Um, Sweden was the same way. But it's just like when I got Western Europe, it just, it, 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 I didn't feel it, but it just, it didn't feel like I was just like in this Zen world or, or bubble like I was. But was it, do you think it was better or worse than here? I mean, I would imagine it'd still be better. But. I just didn't, I didn't feel it. If it, that's the only thing Do you thing feel I it here? 100%, man. Right, so you 100%. feel it every day here. I mean, whereas... within, even even within the, as early, I, I lived in Texas for two years. Yeah. And I was going to get to that, but we, we got <laughs> talking about your trips. And... Yeah, I lived in Texas for two years, and I met with this guy, because I was, I was trying to get my business off the ground there, and I met with him for marketing work. Mm-hmm. And so I was meeting with another guy prior to him, the Guy ended up. He was from Chicago, so or from Indiana. So we, we kind of Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> but then this guy walked into Starbucks, and I was like, man, I don't know if that's him, but there's a weird energy about him. 
and me being a natural empath, like I can feel energies just like that. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know his energy. So I sat down and talked to him. His name was Huey. And he had like the typical, well, we won't even go into that. But he, he had this look that, man, this guy could be racist. And I, I, I've, I've had enough experiences where I can feel and I can have that. You know what I mean, D? It's a vibe, man. Yeah, right. And I mean, I saw something by the age of seven. Like, we understand racism for the sole purpose of just figuring out vibe. how to survive. Well, you figure it out by the vibe at seven, too, because you don't really have the information as much. Then, right. right. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, so it depends on you what. So, I mean, you have certain family members going to tell you out the gate. Mm-hmm. You can have other family members who like, hey, don't listen like that. But, I mean, how much can you really understand at, like, six or seven? You can just... I would turn that shit on, like, five, bro. Well, yeah. you're a, you're an alien, big dude. Pretty, <laughs> we've come to that but we're kids, many kids times. Aren't, kids aren't stupid. Yeah. Like, like one of my mentors just told me last week, he's like, my, my I, think, I think he said his daughter and son were watching a video, and it was, like, on Jackie Robinson. And the daughter was like, Dad, why why are they treating him like that? And the dad was like, I, just to be clear, I'm not a sports guy, but that's the first black baseball, guy yeah, to play baseball. Player. Yeah. Okay. And so the dad Sorry, was like, that's no, okay. I know you don't do sports like that. Talk about boxing, football. Muhammad Ali. I'll be <laughs> there all day, but that's all I got. Right. So so the dad was like, man, I don't even know if I want to go down that route of telling my kids at such an time. early age. And he's like, well, they're they're different colors, so they were treated different. And, and she's like. Well, just their jerseys. So she did not even right. see race. Right. She did not even see race. It was jerseys. Well, because he's like they have a different. They oh. they've got, they're different colors. She saw jerseys. So a lot of these things are within the household right. of what is treated and what is being said. You and I, D. I'm sure the conversations were familiar in our households of like, hey, when you're out and you get pulled over by the cops, hands on the steering wheel until he comes to the to the car, and and don't mouth off. Yes, sir. Yes. Blah blah blah. Right, if you're followed in the store, it, it may happen. So these are conversations that happen in a minority household, right? And, and so, I don't know where I was going with my original story of you asked me something. I kind of jumped topics. It's all good. Um, but yeah, even oh, I was talking about Huey. So I, I met him at the Starbucks in Texas. Oh yeah, because you're and taking uh, on the business. Yeah, yeah, was, he was going to try and do some marketing work for me. So I sat down and talked to him. The conversation from the get-go is how good he was at what he did. Mm-hmm. The last 15 minutes of it was, okay, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Like, bro, you didn't, you, you didn't even captivate me. You didn't hear my story, so how can you sell me something because you don't know my story? As he was telling the story, he's like, yeah, we have a group of Indians we're doing work for. That completely just threw me off. I was right. like, bro, I don't even want to do work for you because you didn't have to say you're working with a group of Indians. <laughs> it's a completely what, what unnecessary f- detail. Completely. It's the same thing when you have when 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 people tell stories and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, our friend and um he was a black guy mm-hmm. and why well, you have to use race in that. So if you listen to these stories and, and I, I was just gonna say I'm guilty of saying that sometimes. Yeah, and we're all like even even. It's a descriptive from when I try to use it. Right. You know, right. if I'm trying to describe somebody, I don't. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what the. I've never been set. I've never been set down. So you can but say this. For place can't was say a place that. of business. If you're trying to say. Man, this guy had these Adidas, you know, high socks, whatever, and you know, and he but was he he he's kind of switched gears and was like, you he's know, when somebody, but he switched gears. and He was saying, you know, if if somebody's telling a story and it's like this, this is a black guy. Yeah, I like mean, I have a friend who who was different. Yeah. Who outside of business, so he went to Western, and one of his friends came over, who is now an officer, 
and he said you, we had some friends over, and um, he had one, I think, one black friend there. And the dude that's now an officer knocked on the door, and one of my, my friend's friend, who was black, answered the door. And um, I, I, I always get the story wrong, but in the nutshell, he's like, um, oh, jeez. No, 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 I, I take that back. So the friend, the friend that was an, the officer, he answered my friend's door. Okay. And when your black friend was coming to the door, is that what you're saying? His, his black friend. So the cop was, that is now a cop, answered the door. For so him. he was already at the party. Okay. And my friend's like, hey, who is it? And the, office, the guy that's now an officer, he's like, oh, some random black guy. And so my friend's like, bro, like, <laughs> now you just put my friend who came over here now he's uncomfortable because you said some stupid shit like right. that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like something as simple as that. You could have said, "Oh, I don't." There's some random guy. Yeah, some dude outside. <laughs> right. I feel like if you is it is it bad if I'm trying to describe like somebody to like bring up a memory for somebody else? If it would be the same thing as being like he had brown hair. Yeah, I mean, I feel I, like I, that I, is that acceptable? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've, that's I've, a description for description. I feel like right. if you're saying that, that's okay. But if you're Saying it like that guy said it yeah, doesn't sound quite right. He's throwing on a label that has nothing to do with the description. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I've done it before. I was like, uh, we'll be talking, or is it that white dude you were talking about, or the black dude you were talking about? Right, right. So right. So, so now in my mind, so yes, I've done it, but it's always, always, and I would never view you as somebody coming from a negative place if you ever said that. So don't ever feel that way. But I just to, to I say did, from like nobody has the discussion though. That's that's right. part of the problem and is what we're saying is 100%. like I don't know. I mean I say that, but should I say that? I don't know. And I don't nobody 100%. nobody calls me out on it ever if I do and I don't I mean that's because I ain't here <laughs> but but I wouldn't even have to use that to describe you, you Big D every I just say Big D and everybody knows exactly <laughs> who I'm talking about. But but even like people say, uh, you, you see a lot of, and, and we'll bring it back to like racism. You see racism, and a lot of people want to speak up and help, but a lot of people are f- afraid to use their voice. And when we you connected with me, you're like, man, I I feel like I want to say something, but I'm just me. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know how to have these. Conversations. I don't have. I, I feel like I'm not in the right place to even be saying mm-hmm. anything because like earlier what you're saying. You're in a room with two white guys. You were, you were, you missed that part. You were in the bathroom, but um, you have two white guys talking about racism, and I don't want to be that guy because mm-hmm. I shouldn't. I, it's not my place. I shouldn't be. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even have a voice, really. And you know what's funny about that? You'd say two white guys in a room. What was America founded on? We still a bunch talk, of white guys. We over. still talk about Christopher Columbus. What did he do? <laughs> I'll let people go on YouTube and look up what he just did. <laughs> he stole a lot of shit from people and killed a lot of people. But and, and so, yeah, your point of how do two white people have the conversation on racism when that was pretty much how America was founded. somewhat founded. Right. I mean, look at, we had slaves. And, and that's a whole other topic. So, you know, it, it's when it comes to racism, like what can white folks do to help the situation first you have to say I want to speak up but I do not want to offend anybody that's the first thing you, know, you have to admit like you don't want to offend anybody and you, that's what essentially what you did is like I want to have the conversation I don't want to offend anybody but people are so scared to even say that and I will say this sometimes 
people are ultra sensitive just by somebody saying that. Right. Like, what do you What do you mean you don't want to be offensive? Are you racist? Like, chill. Like you don't the have person. Ten percent is bro. <laughs> right. Right. Like people are so just like boom. I would just want to jump down your throat for what? I, this person legitimately says they want to help. Help them. Help you. Right. Or or help the, this cause. Right. So so the conversations need to. We, we need to take our egos out of these conversations and come from a place like, hey, I'm fully exposed and vulnerable, but I'm here to learn. Yeah, to and I think there's a lot of just misunderstandings that, we gotta like... We got to be acceptable, too, as people. For, for people sure. people get scared, too, and I understand, too. I mean, yeah. even just this conversation, so I, I wouldn't say that I'm 100% comfortable ta- like saying my real thoughts and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm trying to. But, Write it down on paper and I'll check it off once you want. But no, but, but even like, yeah, these conversations, even at work, we, we did a di- diversity and inclusion meeting. And my manager reached out to me. And she's like, hey, these are co- topics that I think are important that we should have. Would you feel comfortable facilitating this meeting and at first I was pissed I was like you didn't ask me you asked me to facilitate this meeting but but people do that low key though because they know you can do it or would do it right but you are a a good speaker though (laughs) I mean you 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 would even in any situation I'd let you run a meeting (laughs) but but the thing is so I was I was pissed off at first yeah and then I was like okay that was my ego that was my ego. I had to have an ego check because why I had to understand. So I saw her as a person who is genuine. I've We've had many conversations. She's always come from a genuine place. So I was like, I'm glad she reached out to me because similar to you, Ty, you, she, she would have never well, and known how to facilitate that meeting in such an authentic way to get other people to speak up about the topic because what we exactly. had were... Where they were like structured questions from the company, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Eh, we're not gonna do that," right. because because people think about it this way: if you go to a a therapy session and your therapist, you walk in, you meet them. So, what are your problems? <laughs> uh, why do you think you have those problems? You, your your defense is up already, right? But how I facilitated this meeting. I was like, hey, you know, and let me go back. So I told her, you know, I didn't have the energy today to have that conversation, but if it's another day. So we kind of discussed on, and she literally gave me the keys to the car and said, hey, you have more experience than this. And she trusted me to have that conversation. So I I I was thankful for her to have that vulnerability to reach out to me and say, hey, do you mind? Because I really, and she even said it to I don't have any knowledge. I'm not equipped. About, exactly. That's that's the exactly. phrase I keep coming back to when I try to th- when I think about you know posting anything or saying anything is like I'm not equipped to really have that. I'm not to be a leader in any form on this topic. Mm-hmm. So and I I do I do feel bad like you know reaching out even about it to both of you guys. You know like I but we know you though. Yeah. We we know you like we but we know you from a it's still an uncomfortable. I, like it's I don't want to make us think different. I don't want to put you guys on the spot. <laughs> so I know you as a but person, if you guys yeah. want something, you want a platform to say something, and I have this baby tiny platform to say something. Right. I feel like I should use that to give you guys more of an opportunity to speak on it because I. I'm not. I'm not an authority in this realm. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that I shouldn't be the one that anybody listens to. So that that puts you. You put yourself in a vulnerable position, and you're like, "Hey, like I'm completely vulnerable. I have no idea about this topic. Like, if you guys want that opportunity, I'm more than happy to have that conversation. But if not, 
I'm completely fine with that. And so you, you've. I mean, I would have had you on anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we probably wouldn't be talking about this specifically. Right. But but the thing. So so going back to the meeting because I think it's important for people listening. How I approached that, how I approached facilitating that meeting was, I started it off by talking about some of the racial issues and some of my own personal experiences. And then I opened it up, hey, you know, how do you guys feel? So it's like, how do you feel? As opposed to, what do you think? Because now you're coming from a place of opinion. And that's the issue in America is everybody has their opinion, but it's based off of their experience. And if you've grown up in an all-Caucasian community, your opinion on a minority is completely different. The same thing goes if you grow up in an all-black neighborhood and you've never had exposure to the white community. Your opinion is going to be, we hate all cops, we hate all white people. Right. And that's not that's not the energy that we're trying to, at least me, and I know you're not trying to have that energy. So I said, how do you guys feel about these things? And that opened up. We had an hour, it was only supposed to be 30 minutes, it was an hour long. Because I, I knew from everything that I've learned based off of human behavior and psychology, that's how you get people to speak up is how do you feel right? as to as opposed to what do you think about that? Because yeah. I'm going to give my opinion on what I've experienced. Right. And then the, the, <laughs> right. that American problem of if you don't agree with your my opinion, then you're the enemy of me. For sure. And For that's, sure. I mean, it puts it, like you said, it puts people's defenses up immediately. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just... How divided we are. Like, it's just so crazy to me. I feel like America itself has just become like a satire. Like a blatant satire. Before it was a satire a little bit because of all the stuff that, you know, we don't get told and we don't get taught in schools, like you're saying. But, you know, now it's just like in everybody's face. Like, mm-hmm. and I, it's it's sad because, you know, I, I want to be like a, a patriot, you know, like uh, America, America. But there's... Both positive and negative things. We got to focus on both parts of that if we want to become a better country, a better people, a better, you know, more equal um, people. I feel like we have to really dive into that negative part. But nobody. I mean, I don't. I don't know how much it even gets. Even today, like I mean, they talk about the divisive issues, but they don't talk about the history and why. And it's not informal. It's just like I have this opinion, you're wrong. You have this opinion, they're wrong. You know, it's just such a and I, I just don't know how. I, I don't know how we're gonna fix it. I don't know how we're gonna well, come back. Is this? I think, and and I, I'll cut you short just because I think this good. is important. Because how much of it is we have an election coming up? How yeah. convenient that we have all these racial tensions. And and there's a her name's Candace Owens, and she was on. Uh, I yeah, think you may I've have seen. And she's with like Ti and and Killer Mike on a panel. And people bash her all the time in the in the black community for because she mentions like, hey, I think she at one point she was a, she identified or she was registered registered uh, voter of the Democratic Party, and right. now I believe she's on the Republican side. And she says Donald Trump opened my eyes, and so for me to hear that, I'm like, hey, uh, like where are you coming from? Like, yeah, but. I think I'd be so naive to completely dismiss what she is saying in the context of what she's saying, although she may be Republican, she may be, and I think she did make some some points that were like, hmm, they made me think. Now, how many people are like, not her, like, 
You know what I'm I mean? I'm going to admit that when she talks, I do kind of get that attitude a little bit. I, <laughs> some <laughs> of the stuff she says, though, it, just, it is because it, just it, seems immediate, like, it seems like she doesn't have a good way. I mean, it seems like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intentionally divisive. Mm-hmm. The way that she speaks, like, it's not like to come to a point of understanding. Her Even just her mannerisms a lot mm-hmm. of time seem like a little harsh like 100%, yeah. i feel like he's 100 no doubt about it and there's a lot of people like <laughs> that not, not not just her but i mean it, it it's a it's it's a conversation it, should, it doesn't have to be so and part of it is just the way our media is set up you know you have five minutes to mm-hmm. say all your thoughts and you just you know you're fighting to get it's all your words it's scripted. In. It's bullshit yeah i got but, so many hidden camera interviews on that shit like when the Chicago shit was happening, like 12 and 13, like, yeah, we have to keep writing about Chicago. They won't make us stop. So we got to find all these stories, make shit up. My but I'm just saying yeah, when, media, media. Yeah. When, can't, when she goes on and talks, you know, she has to get her points across very quickly and very yeah. effective. Yeah. Yes. yeah, okay. Because it, it does, there, there, are point, there are times where it's it like does sound like it's very, when she speaks, it does, like I hear, like, Donald Trump. Yeah. And and here's the thing about Donald Trump too, is I don't understand him. I think there are deeper level issues from a developmental standpoint that he hasn't grown through, and from childhood now. Okay, I, think I, he, I just have to say this. I, I you know, I, I party or not, whatever you, that guy rubbed me the wrong way before, way before he became president. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's yeah. something off about that dude, and the fact that like. When this was happening, I just completely, I, like most other people, wrote mm-hmm. it off. Like, there's something, like, on a very, like, primal level mm-hmm. wrong with this guy. I don't know what it is exactly, but something the way his mannerism. <laughs> coming from a white guy. <laughs> I, I think earlier. that, I think he knows how to play to his audience. And yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so, I, I think, because it's, you know, he's a per- performer, you know? He knows, like, the... Manip- mm-hmm. And see, it's it's hard for me to say. Like I, I'm very careful with talking badly. Like he's a manipulator. He's this because I don't know him. Right. I just see what's the media, and he may just be a puppet for the mega bankers. Right. Because if you look at mega bankers or mega banks, and who run these have so much power, is he a puppet for what they're trying to do? And and I'm sure you've listened to they're trying to. Digital currency, a one one nation or whatever, one world, one world. world order, How much of man. that is influenced by what he says? So I can't speak. I don't like that he isn't a definitive leader and says, "Hey, this, yeah, this, I'm, this." That's the point I'm right? making. Is his ultimate like personality isn't an elegant one mm-hmm. at all? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very. It's like what I was saying with Candace Owens a little bit. Is it's very divisive. It's not mm-hmm. like. It's not trying to have a real conversation a lot of the time. It's just like, you know, and I don't I don't know what he's going through. But even before, like I said, before he was even president, like, mm-hmm. he just has a way of communicating that I am not a fan of. And I don't think he's a good, like, we need a leader right now. Like, yeah, right yeah. in a second. We need somebody left, right, whatever. I don't care. Need somebody just to come up and, like, you know, bring us together. Right, And right, that's, right. you know, as much as people hate on Obama, I mean... That was the dude. I mean, that was bro. He was smooth. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was like uh, he was like that that Marvin Gaye song you play when a girl comes over. He was he was smooth. Bro. Get a glass of wine. This motherfucker bro. said Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> 
play that song right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Poppy. <laughs> but but it's it, it's his leadership. I mean, but then you just have people that just blatantly don't like him because of the color of his skin. Bro, I mean, I and remember. Those... I remember two thousand eight, or uh, yeah, I think it was two thousand nine actually, when when he was officially elected, and I remember people that I went to high school with, people that had names within our own community. Oh, well, there goes the world. So it's just like coming from a place of how do you even know what this guy's going to do? And and, and, and we've gotten so far, left, right, are so completely split Polar, that, that people can't even come to the middle yeah. and say, hey, this is an issue that we need to tackle. Why is it an issue, healthcare? Why, if if I have an allergy and I need to go to the doctor, why is it costing me fifteen hundred dollars for an EpiPen? Mm-hmm. Why can't I mean we got homeless people in America and you still have these mega corporations that just became two hundred and blah 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 billion dollars richer mm-hmm. through this pandemic and you have millions of people losing their jobs? Why is that an issue? Right? Why, if, if again, if I need to go to, I don't know, man. It, it's my my whole thing is okay. So I don't know how much the power the president really has. I don't know the inner workings of all that. I'm not a big conspiracy guy. I don't, you know, he might have no power at all. But just the way of like the he is the head. He is the communicator. Mm-hmm. He's our coach. He's our, you know, as you know, you guys were sports. We just need somebody. To tell us what to do and like feel a little bit confident, like to I can put extent. a mm-hmm. little confidence in. I'm not saying that he Too shouldn't have other shit. skills. Uh-huh. Everybody bucks for that shit. Like I like someone like, all right, I'm rocking with you. If I'm not, but you're straight and shit up. I do. I feel <laughs> like I might not agree with the process all the time, but I mean, if the process is still safe enough. Is getting to a good point. That's cool. You know. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, yeah, if like he completely place, was saying like ridiculous things, I, cool, I wouldn't. You know, mm-hmm. even if he was an eloquent speaker, if he was saying ridiculous things, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd be eventually, essentially deceiving people. What I'm saying is, like, hey, Hitler. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know how elegant that fellow was, but he, well, I mean, we started. That's how you sway the people, man. Well, I mean, you see those. He, was, and, cool and even guy, he was an attractive person. All he had was his word and wherever they felt that was around him. He definitely and, was and emotional. People after that. And what I said earlier, how people are so easily manipulated. Right. Easily, people that watch news outlets every single day are manipulated and when you think about it what do they call it hey tune into this tv program mm-hmm. program right it's we're going to program you mm-hmm. right and and people oh no like there's no way that donald trump could do this oh there's no way joe biden could do this so how do you know because you've been listening to the same news outlet right. so how do you know the other side well Dude, the th- other side this that and the other and they're just bad people how <laughs> Right. Give me, give me some context some real behind. Examples. Some well, real you know, just because, and and it's all well, just because, and uh, and it, they don't go anywhere with the conversation. The election this year is just so disheartening. I yeah. mean, there's no winning. It feels like. I it's mean, unfortunate we don't. There's less losing, I guess. I don't. It just. It feels so uh, like everybody's just so unrepresented. I mean. It's two old white guys again. And I was like a... At least I was going for Bernie Sanders, but still, old white guy. Like, I mean, he, he, he at least had ideas that I kind of more aligned with, but I just, uh, you know, we had... we. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what the fix is. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know what the actual power of the president is. I don't know who's manipulating behind the scenes. 
But right now, I feel like somebody that could just have a normal conversation with a, like, mm. I've never felt anything normal that, I mean, it's so awkward the way that D- Donald Trump talks. I mean, I, d- I don't feel like it, it doesn't speak to me. Maybe it speaks to somebody, but I don't. Some people. Some I, people on the run, yeah. <laughs> But think about these tantrums on Twitter. Like, bro, you're the president. <laughs> you, you're going to Twitter and the, the no good or the do nothing Democrats are like, bro, can, can you just, just be a leader? Yeah. Just shut up and be a leader. And right, right now, he had the opportunity to become that. Like, 100%. He could have just, right now is the opportunity, and he could have swayed people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's not trying to sway anybody. He's trying to really just, you know, get good with the people that already like him, I feel like. But, I mean, if he would have stepped it up here, you know, between him and Joe Biden, mm-hmm. you know, I, not that I would probably do it, but <laughs> if I'm being honest. Said, but, even if you did. Like I said, he, he rubbed me the wrong way before he yeah. what became president. But if he would have stepped it up and really, like, took ownership and responsibility for what's going on, um, you know, I would have at least thought about it. Right. And I think but, anybody anybody would say, okay, he's a leader. He's, he's, he, he stepped up and he addressed these issues that are going on right now but even even outside of we'll just put racism aside covid hey this is a hoax it'll right. be it'll be it'll disappear in april mm-hmm. and we'll be fine the way he talks is kind of <laughs> almost like i shouldn't be laughing at this motherfucker but <laughs> right yeah it seems like, like a parody before a parody is made of it i got so pissed i don't really watch tv like that i read more i mean i'm a visual person right when it comes to that shit like i don't even want to like hear i'd rather just read it because i don't want to hear it. <laughs> hear the timbre and the yeah. the, the delivery <laughs> Because um, recently, yeah, he just complained about something. I, to me, I took it as complaining. I saw like yeah, he's a really whiny guy. He just complains. Like, yeah, Trump, nah. I was like, dude, he's complaining. He was like, yeah, they want me to go, so we walked a couple of blocks, which wasn't bad. <laughs> then we went to a stage, which wasn't bad. We had to walk. Yeah. It was really hot. It wasn't bad. Like, he literally said like it wasn't bad three times. He repeats himself so much. Yeah, it's- and he was like, there's like 300 soldiers, 600 soldiers or something. He's like, they wanted me, they're like, Mr. President, would you want to go ahead and salute every soldier? He said, so I have to stand there. 600, you know what that is like? 600 soldiers. Everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, he's complaining about saluting cadets from a right. yeah. fighting for a country. Like, they're trying to graduate and to go off overseas. Right. While he's complaining, like, we walked two blocks. It wasn't bad. <laughs> so if you're saying all these three things prior weren't bad, so you're saying the handshaking was bad. Yeah. You're yeah. clapping. And yeah. I was like, I was confused. It's like he can no, do no wrong with the people that like him. I was like, well, what is this, bro? The, I think, think about it this way, and this the is the example is that? that I've used with, because I've even had a, an in-depth conversation with a former officer who is a Trump supporter. And I had a conversation with him. No, no, not from Pontiac. Uh, I had a couple. I just want to know. I'm <laughs> and still I was, cool and everything. I still understand, bro. I like that shit, bro. Well, well, think think about it this way: if if you were to, and I'm I'm just going to use this for just the context. It's just the first thing that came to my mind. If you adopt a dog, mm. and we'll just say um, Pitbull because they get the worst name. Yeah, the worst rap. All de- all dogs. You adopt the Pitbull, and it's just the the greatest dog. And on year 10, that dog attacks somebody. Are you going to immediately say, man, that's a, that's a bad dog? Probably not right. if it's been... So you look at Trump and, and the supporters of Trump. Think about how much he's been 
spewing these lines, these lines, time after time after time after time. And I think so that's a marketing people, thing. It is, but they've fallen in love with what he said, and they've been manipulated with what he said to where even if he does the worst of the worst, well, he's not that bad, is he really? Right. So it's it's very hard for people once they become invested in that to jump ships, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing. People, like the whole situation, people, I think... Some people were more concerned with how the handling of COVID than, you know, the whole George Floyd and the racism. And people are still like, well, he's he's still a good he's still a good president because he he's a negotiator and he's not he he, he doesn't get bullied. Right. He's a he's a he's it, a businessman. You know, yeah. He's a billionaire. And, and just because he's allowed you to make more money and that's what people he's allowed my business to make more money. OK, there's still issues in America. Right. So issues in America aren't that important but making money. more money is and that's the issue that we have this greed of, of of money and i'm not knocking anybody's hustle for getting money because i'm all about it too right. but you have to have some type of empathy and some you type some of, kind of ethics and morals exactly and i i feel it's like well and just addressing out. some of the things that have happened i mean i i didn't hear much he didn't really speak that much on any of the racial stuff going on he doesn't ever i don't it's like it's like it's only he only talks about our country if it's about money, you know, mm -hmm. or about like, you know, how good of a businessman he is or how good of a deal he made. Yeah. You know, he doesn't he doesn't talk about real issues that like matter to like he just focuses on the things that he would care about, which I feel like is money and mm -hmm. but and and just overall his is how he's perceived by people. Yeah. And and I've noticed that as soon as people like dog him out or somebody calls him out immediately like this temper tantrum and so like uh, all that being said yeah obviously none of us know him we only see this right character from a media and social media and, standpoint. and we might be in a little bit i'm not saying 100 percent, but still in the same echo chamber that the other side is on you know right right i mean we might just be seeing the worst of the worst of the worst because our algorithm is set up to see that now i talking about multi-universes bro no, I'm no, saying I like on social saying. media, yeah, yeah. like the algorithm. If you align with yourself with a certain set uh, of beliefs, you like your feed, your sure. feed will just yeah. keep feeding that. So if you feed. open up Instagram, you probably see music. You both, you yeah. guys. Yeah, I mean that's my whole feed. I got music and some other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah big piece is gonna be Why pretty skewed. Yeah, you got booty on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm man. Oh, this shit. No, this went away. But it's 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 the the whole thing of and. I'm trying not to beat a dead horse, but That's just the, the the conversations. Of... Right, I got drum stuff on there too. <laughs> <laughs> See more bikinis than anything. <laughs> oh, bro, wait. Well, yeah. Uh, bikini. bikini. This is the workout stuff. Bikini. bikini. He's a workout stuff too. With yoga pants. Yeah. <laughs> Self defense. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, baby yeah. girl, there's more things on there, not just bikinis. <laughs> I know. Kendrick was just giving him a hard time. Don't um, get me in trouble, bro. Hey, you're about to get home. Hey, you'll be on the couch for the next two weeks. Don't ask me to make any coffee. You ain't getting no biscuits or gravy in the morning. I mean real biscuits and figuratively speaking. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's we we have this conversation. It's so, so important for other people to strip away some of the... Or the ego that we go into a lot of these conversations with because everybody I feel nowadays goes into a conversation to be right instead yeah. of going into a conversation to listen and to learn 
Well, and I mean, I feel like there's a device that, you know, comes with having a lot of conversations with people mm-hmm. where you don't come out saying, like, if you're having a conversation with somebody, you don't, like, and you feel like they, they have an opinion about something that doesn't agree with you, you know, you, why would you just attack that and make them really defensive? Mm-hmm. I feel like you always, with a conversation, you want to try to be in the middle somewhere. Like, even if you 100% don't agree... Like, start from the middle and kind of work your way to your side. I feel like mm-hmm. ease into it. Because if you start out, like, completely counter-opposite to somebody, you're just going to butt heads and fight immediately. There's going to be conflict and tension right away. Conflict. Yeah, yep. and, and instead, like, and that's the thing that bugs me about some of these people that we talked about earlier, you know, with the Candace Owens or the mm-hmm. Trump or whatever, you know, is like, you know, they could have these conversations in a much more palatable way. Like, it's just the delivery is so yeah. bad and just, like, to me, again, doesn't speak to me at all. Like, it just immediately makes me feel attacked and makes, you know, it, it just, like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it depends on the people, too, man. Like, I feel like as humans, they got to be able to... I mean, I know you don't know everybody, but you can feel and vibe people sometimes. You're 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 understand. the biggest vibe guy I think I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, as far as talking to people and just being sociable and like, you know, universally liked. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely, you're you're That's so. You say yeah, thanks, man. Thank you, bro. I said thanks. <laughs> I don't want to say thanks at first. I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, I feel you. It's like being neutral. You know I know, <laughs> but I think you know Big D. You yeah, know, yeah, his, yeah. the perception of Big D is that you know. Everybody likes him. He's one of the good guys. He's yeah. a good good fella. I don't think I've heard anybody say a negative word about you pretty much ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, when people's ass, I beat when I was elementary. <laughs> 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 they deserve well, that shit. I used to fight bullies all the time. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, there's something about the vibe that you give off to most people that puts them at ease and that, like, you know, you you are really good at making the other person feel comfortable. I think you share that same kind of uh, uh, personality. I I I wouldn't say that I'm the same way, but um, like he's more impatient. He's more patient now than you were back in the day. Because you're always like, like I say, I'll, even like practice standing or whatever. You know, stand there, kind of watch you, tap your leg. You're like, all right. It's like you're just waiting to release. You know what I'm saying? Go. I'm doing that right now. I have my legs going have right now. Experience with that shit now. Yeah, experience with your speed, like together now. So you gotta. But, but there's it, even like with that, you. There's an evolution, of. Growth that we, at least I go through, and I try to find every single month, year. I try to find myself deeper, like who I am as a person. And, and the more and more I learn about myself, my ego, is, it does show in some aspects I'm not perfect, but most cases I'm just back. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to show and people talk about, you got to show your masculinity. Well, mm-hmm. Look at what mask, mask, what are you hiding? It's, you're hiding behind a mask. So, so it's just like, I don't have to show my masculinity. I can sit back and just be cool. Like, yeah. it just, but and, that, and so I think that's that the vibe comfort. Just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like that vibe puts the other person at ease. And I feel like that's how our leaders should be. I mean, I, I mean, there's some things, yeah, you're going to get a little worked up about sometimes, but atta- just blatantly attacking people and just, like, coming at it from the, com- like, that you couldn't even comprehend the other side of the argument, which is what I feel like with a lot of our leaders right now. And it's like, you're not even taking us into account. Like, you're not even, 
listening to what we're saying. You're not Sounds like Apple, bro. <laughs> like Apple? But that's not fixing shit. They don't listen. Right? Oh, you yeah. mean you mean that they like keep the... putting our product lines and not fixing shit? But lately they've been fixing shit. Finally. So it's like metaphorically. I gotcha. It's like but, the whole control, but everyone wants the iPhone. Everyone wants that, so everyone's gonna get it. Right. But everyone's getting screwed. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> well, I think people were saying stuff, but so you're saying like they weren't listening, saying, right? Yeah. Like they were just doing what they. To an extent, doing. they've been more vocal lately. People do comment on that, but they saying people buy shit eight months later. So right. What do you really complain about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you do have like a, a magic device in your pocket that lets you know. Pretty much anything you'd ever want to know at any time of the day. I know, but I'm just saying, like, (laughs) there's really not that much to complain about. But yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I, I just think the effective leadership is acknowledging both sides, and like, you know, I think it's listening a lot of listening too. And I just don't feel like we have that right now. I feel like that's where we're lacking in a lot of ways. And again, I don't even know how much power the president even really has you know maybe he's just controlled by other people or he has to you know bend to the woes of uh you know people that are um giving money to the campaign and all that stuff i don't have any idea i don't claim to but if you're given that responsibility to be the leader of you know the nation i feel like you should you should be a little bit more measured. You should be a little bit like understanding. You should be compassionate, empathetic. Try to try to understand both perspectives and don't just say think that you're right all the time. Like that 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 is just so beyond me. I'm not I'm not a leader. I'm not like a but I, I don't and I do, I do get in the cycle of thinking that I'm right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but but you know at a certain point. As growing up, I think becoming an adult, I think you have to understand that you're not always the. There are better ways to do things than the way you do it all the time. I was talking to D the other day about throwing the football. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been I'm notoriously bad at throwing a football. Yes. Can't throw a spiral to save my life. And for my whole, you know, um, time playing football, I. You know, I just tried to do it the way that I was doing it, but better. You know, I didn't, I thought that I was right, ultimately. I was doing it the right way, and that if I just tried harder at that specific way. Mm. But at some point, you got to realize that, you know, your technique's just bad all around. Like, you need to relearn everything. And I feel like, every, you, I, I'm just getting to that point in my life now. But if I was going to become the president of the United States, I think I should have gotten there a long time ago because I mean how old is I mean he's like what 70 Donald, Donald I think Trump. 70 isn't Biden like 77 and he's like <sighs> 76 or something like just eh, old as old. shit <laughs> yeah but if you're like the you know the the when you say old universally you think wise but I don't know if that's the case I mean I feel like aged yeah <laughs> maybe that's a better <laughs> but like at some point you gotta realize that just because you've had a lot of success in your life and the way that I mean, look at Donald Trump from a precursory kind of view. You know, he's just this guy that makes a bunch of money and then, you know, somehow becomes our president and has a bunch of TV show. You know, just good thing after good thing after good thing happened. So he hasn't ever really had to think that anything he's doing is wrong. You know, when when has he been called out for besides right now, like constantly? But I mean, but there's no negative consequence, you know. He's become the president of our country. Like he just keeps going up and up and up. 
so I mean, he hasn't. I, I don't. I don't know that he's come to the conclusion that things that he thinks as fact might not be so much fact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know if that's. No, that that makes sense. It's you get think think of. I, I think of if it from a career standpoint is the more success I have with business and the more success I have within my career, it's going to give me this confidence that puts me in a position where I feel like I can't fail. Floyd Mayweather mm-hmm. put in a position where he feels like he can't lose. Right. I'm, the, right. I'm the best ever. So you continue to say those things. So yeah, maybe in a sense that with Trump, he, he just feels like he's been so successful with his other ventures, and then in, pre- in his presidency, it's like, hey, I, I can't do any wrong. I'm so successful outside of this. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know. That's just my perception of what I think. Mine as well. But uh, that's bad too, just like a car and shit. If you keep putting tape on it and it works, you know, that 50th time it's not going to work. You feel me? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I've been doing this shit his whole life, but now is not the time to be doing that shit. Right. <laughs> Playing with the whole country. He's yeah. 74. He's 74 and Biden's 77. 77. Wow. Yeah, but Biden will be 78 in November. And you just think that Biden. die. I know. His second term, he's going to run again. He I mean, I. healthy. My grandparents look like 25 years younger than they're so in their crazy. 70s, but they're definitely not. Right, they don't look. They need that plant-based. They're a Hollywood <laughs> 70. <laughs> Tell them to give me a call. Fucking fool. Part of my language again. Trying to work on that. I didn't cuss to y'all, man. I grew up in church, bro. I, I feel cuss, like I, I was just talking to Lowe. Uh, my dad was like, man, he's boy, before you joined that band, man. <laughs> yeah, we ruined you. But now I feel like I talked to you on the podcast the other day and on the phone before. And I'm starting to start to creep up my language a little bit. See? <laughs> it's just like an it's like an aggressive excitement. It's not even like a filibuster. It's a relaxed. Like it's a relaxed excitement. Yeah, so I mean, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I feel like the emotion behind it. When I'm talking to you, uh, noodles, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was gonna bring up uh, you. You started playing guitar and kind of singing yeah, a little bit, yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember that phase. Uh, we we Still actually had a YouTube l- videos. Nah, nah. <laughs> We well, actually had a little jam session right now, before you got here. He, he played some yeah, guitar and sang a little bit, yeah, yeah. showing him some stuff, and she's showing me what he can do. And I mean, like I was saying, your strum's getting pretty smooth. I say his arm is chill right now, bro, because he used to be like on that roided out style when he first started. You like, strings are breaking. <laughs> that, that, that's I what saw I'm talking about. He's he just, like that, but now he looks like, real, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it looked like, real comfortable, real smooth. So I need I need a band to join now. Yeah. We gotta memorize but, some words first, I think. Do, bro, so so I had a um, my voice coach, our voice teacher. This was back in I think, uh, I think this may have been September last year. I have been involved with these vocal lessons, and she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be putting on this." Yeah, recital. I remember you telling me about this right when and, it was happening. Yeah, and I was like, "A recital? Elaborate." Right. I need to know what are you trying to say and she's like well I've got about 10 students where I'm going to have a private recital it's going to be parents students at my home and I would like you to perform I'm like bruh like, <laughs> put me on the spot I'm like oh, I'll think about and it. we're talking vocal only right vocal no, only. no so she had instrument the, she to had hide the piano, okay, but so. I was just me vocal, vocally and I was like, oh, I got to sleep on that one. <laughs> but my sleep on it was like, let me put this way back in my memory mm-hmm. and forget about it. Mm-hmm. 
she brought it up like two weeks later. She's like, so have you thought about it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, let me let me think about it some more. That's funny. And uh, she asked, I think, a third time. She's like, hey, I need to make sure everything's on the itinerary. This right. and that. I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I ended up singing Elvis, Love Me Tender. Nice. <laughs> and um, the reason why I did it is because over the course of probably the past five years, I've gone through this deep phase of like inner work of myself. And that was an opportunity to put myself in the most vulnerable position that I've ever, yeah. ever been in and to sing because I, I think about it this way. I'm like, when Ed Sheeran's singing or Usher or, or, or any of these artists and they listen to the recordings, do they like, does it sound good to them or do they have those same insecurities and so i, I think like, it depends on the day <laughs> yeah. i mean i think i'm good sometimes yeah. and then other times i listen to myself and i'm like what am i, I doing am i even am i worth anything like i don't know yeah, I, I feel you i feel <laughs> you so i was like trying to walk her into like saying am i am i good enough to 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 sing like you wouldn't ask me to mm -hmm. sing if i was terrible right but I ended up doing it, and of course, I forgot some of the words, but I was smooth with it, and I just repeated a line. Right. Well, we and had kind of talked about it before. I think my grandpa's calling. Yeah, yeah, go for it. We talked about it a little bit um, beforehand, and I, I remember your apprehension for doing it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. You're going to go up there, uh -huh. and your adrenaline's going to be on 12, where you're, <laughs> you know, you're used to singing in maybe with just your teacher one-on-one. And, um, you know, you might be at a seven there, but when you're in front of like a whole group of people, the room and energy kind of brings your awareness up, Bro. your senses heighten. I mean, D we're talking, um, when we go to play our last couple songs, you know, you get like, he was like the, the limitless pill when you're, when it hits and your eyes get mm -hmm. wide, you know, that's kind of what, what you're feeling, but how you deal with that. The first time is always terrible. I remember the first time. I, I took a vocal class in college, and uh, the, the first day they made me sing a cappella in front of the whole class, and oh, just Lord. the tightening, you know, and then the you know overexerting, mm -hmm. like not hitting my notes right because the adrenaline's so high, and you don't know like the whole time you're performing, anytime, even after your first time, even if you've been doing it for as long as I have, um, you're fighting that adrenaline because you're just trying to calm down, mm -hmm. but you're also trying to keep the energy up. And then the you know you're trying to stay calm at the same time, and it's just that battle because you can practice till you're blue in the face, and you know ninety percent of that practice might sound really really good. You get up in front of you know ten people that have never heard you sing before, mm -hmm. and you're you're just trying to calm down, and you know that first time you're not even thinking that you're just like what are the words like? Bro, what's, yeah, what's funny is I had the lyrics right, right there, but I was too nervous to even look down at them. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was so nervous. But I will say I hit every single note, especially the high note of that song. Right. So that was like, and I, I, I nailed it. Like, it was just, it was perfect. And it's it's crazy. I think a lot of people don't really think about how much it is really like sports. You've been a sports guy your whole life. Mm. And it's just practice, repetition, muscle memory. All those same things are involved with music. Um, now, I, I think 
I mean, if you look at high-level sports, there's a lot of feeling in what I think those 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 athletes do. I think they, you know, they put themselves out there and they like feel every moment, and that's what you're trying to do as a musician as well. I think there there's a lot of parallels there that I think, could, but because lots of people that are in sports don't end up in. I mean, there, there's there's definitely people that go back and forth and crossover. I was one of those people that, you know, I was really into sports in high school. I still try to be athletic. I still try to, you know, we go sparring yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, if you're not exposed to both worlds, you don't really see the similarity. And uh, I think there is a lot of overlap there that doesn't really get, like, music people tend to think, oh, I'm nothing like an athlete. And then athletic people be like, oh, I'm nothing like somebody in the arts. Bro, like, I think the, the sense is, like, the adrenaline is much higher when you're on stage. Well, I think I think it's whatever you're least comfortable with. The adrenaline's going to be a little higher. If if like you 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 played basketball, right? Basketball, track, football. Right. So going out and playing basketball and shooting, like, um, or like you know, I feel like track you just run. It's not really quite the same. But like going out, like if you're really like uncomfortable, but running out on the football field, yeah. you know, right before you're playing, could be just as scary. If you're more comfortable singing on stage, you know what I mean? Like, because um, you've done that, you've been exposed to that for so long. Maybe that's your, like, so that it can go both ways, ultimately, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. All the times, so since age maybe 10 through, because I played in college as well, every time the game would start, I was cool. And then that first play, that was my number. That's the same feeling I got. Right. When, but. That's the same feeling I got when track, but with basketball, I never really felt that. And I think it was just, like, different, and so... And maybe that's just because you just felt more comfortable. You felt more comfortable on the court. Yeah. You don't think so? I wasn't gonna, I was getting hit. I mean, yeah. most guys had 50, 60, 70 pounds on me on football. Right. And then track, you had, what if I fall start? Yeah, so See, I never really worried too much about that. <laughs> in basketball, you can foul someone, and, okay, damn, I got to foul. No big deal. So, um, so yeah, that, that performance, the ultimate reason why is just to put myself in a position to become vulnerable so I can learn some of these, so I can continue pushing myself towards the edge of right. just like being a holistic person and not having some of these holes where, man, I need to work there. And I'll, I mean, I'll always continue to have to work on myself. I think that's the important part of development, but I've always, my whole life, always wanted control on outcomes of all situations right i'm the same way very much the same way. that situation when you're in front of people you have no no control right so your voice could you could hit your note and just you just bomb it so well, there's so many x factors and when yeah. you first start start out doing stuff like that you don't think about any of them mm-hmm. but i mean just the amount of how much sleep you got last night you know right, that's a right. big factor uh, uh what'd you do for a warm-up what'd you do um, what'd you drink? What'd you eat? What'd you, you know, all these little things. And I'm sure some of it in my head, like I'm probably a little superstitious, honestly. I try to keep a pretty similar regimen every day I perform because I don't want to be caught. But there's still no, no, no element of control. I mean, I can, I can do it to a point, but like, you know, I can do it maybe 75%, but that last 25% mm. isn't, isn't up to me. You right. know what I mean? Like you're saying, like, it's just... We'll see how it goes, you know, hope for the best. But 100%. and sometimes it turns out amazing and it's like the best night. And then sometimes there's just nothing you can't hit right notes. Right. Like, so change the weather. Yeah. Change the weather. May it, dry out your voice a little bit. Right. So um so yeah, that was it, it was a good 
is a good experience. Would I do it again? I'm not sure. But maybe sing when play with your guitar, though. Maybe, and that's just a, like another whole different level of actually having to focus in on playing chords and making sure your vocals are on pitch. Which I mean, at home I play guitar and sing; right. it's no big deal. There's no pressure there. But if you're in front of people, as soon as that you get that little bit of tightness <sighs> because you're nervous, yeah. change everything. And the same I think goes with athletics. I mean. If you're if you're um, getting ready to start and you know your your sprint you know and you're you're tight because you're nervous about this specific race, I mean maybe there's a lot riding on it a lot more than maybe it's like you know uh, sectionals or something like that. That tightness will affect your performance like inevitably. Right. And I think it's like that for any sport really. You know the more I feel like the best like performers and the best athletes they make it look easy. Not because it is easy, but because they're relaxed about it. You know, they aren't... I mean, they're trying their hardest, but they aren't, like... They're comfortable on stage, or they're Floyd, comfortable. Floyd right. Mayweather. It do look so comfortable in the ring. Yeah, so and he's been doing it since he's a baby. You yeah. know, like, since he's a very, very young age. So, I mean, he has no, like... It's just like another day for him. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, it can be like that with singing, but I still think with... Having the audience there, if you're not used to that audience, I mean, it's a different animal. It was, <laughs> it was a beast for sure. Um, I would maybe put myself in that position again, but well, I mean, it's it's one of those things to where a lot of times it's how I feel in the moment, and I mean, at times I'll like, yeah, I'll go and skydive just to put me in another vulnerable <laughs> right. position because I have no control over if the parachute is going to come out. Yeah. But then yeah. I wake up the next morning, hell no, I'm not about to jump out of a perfectly fine <laughs> That's airplane. where my line works. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but even with, with music and vocals and, and whatnot, it's it's exposed me to just different genres and different cultures. Yeah. Like I used to be, I used I remember the first artist that I started listening to, and I don't know if my mom knew it, but it was uh, Bone Thugs and Tupac. <laughs> right. And Tupac was, I liked Tupac more than I liked the Bone Thugs. And then it evolved in high school. Uh, I think CJ introduced me to 311, Dave Matthews, um, Jack Johnson, Ben Harper. Harper. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of, this is, I wasn't fully sold on it. And then as I, Red Hot Chili Peppers started coming in, Ed Sheeran started coming in. So I have, I can see the different influences from different backgrounds. Just yeah, a hundred percent. And music is like one of those things that's a. I think it's like it's definitely a unifier in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like um, because you know I, I'm not. If I hear a song and I like it, I just like it. it doesn't matter who's doing it. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like you're saying. I think your your background and stuff like that's going to influence that. But I mean, if somebody's shredding a guitar, it does not matter what, who they are, what they're doing. Yeah. They, they, you, you just, you have a different level of respect, no matter what. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter, you know, in any genre of music, you're going to have those people. In any background, you're going to have those people that play that kind of music. And uh, I think it really like. It unifies people in a lot of ways. T- Tasha Ten is one that I got oh, yeah. on last. She's been loop- the looping girl. She, yeah. She's wicked. Yeah, she's wicked. And and from a, and her vocals are just 
She's uh, there are sometimes when she loops things and it doesn't really have that smooth mesh like maybe Ed Sheeran, right? But it's still like it's unique to her, yeah, and and where she's come from. But her music has a story behind it, which is so cool. And you kind of hear about this young Caucasian girl from Australia that was on the went off the deep end with drugs and then found music and now her music tells a story and it's just like man her music is so cool and I never thought when I was in high school when I was just so heavily influenced just by hip hop and rap right. that I would be listening to somebody like Tasha Tan and Sheeran and Red <laughs> right. Hot Chili Peppers but it I listen to a lot, but I just don't get into like heavy metal in yeah. the country. I just, I never, you know, slip, slip, or I'm not slip, not uh, System of a Down, the album Mesmerize. They that had some was, cool stuff. That was one because they had like, it was real hard and then it break down Same. and real mellow. Yeah. That was, I think I like that. But. There was a, there, there, were, there was a lot of ADD in their songs, but their singer could sing. And yeah. Their, I mean, there was some yelling and screaming mm. and stuff too, but you know, and that stuff throws me as well. Mm. I don't get really into that, but, um, yeah, the, they're all super talented. There's mm-hmm. no denying that. And I think in every genre of music, no matter what it is, you'll find those people that there's no question that per- that person is just good at like, right. and you, you can respect it, you know, even if it's not your cup of tea necessarily, you can at least be like, oh, I kind of get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the unifier. 100%. Look at Bob Marley when he was trying to unite um, Jamaica during all the political tensions there and, and like that was that was that was fascinating to see one person trying to unify unify a nation through music right and people were like they said oh bob marley this like passion and, right and empathy and that's just so there was one quote by muhammad ali uh, that that reminds me is is Muhammad Ali was like, how do you want people to remember you? And he said, and I'm probably butchering how he said it. he's like, well, I want them to remember me by a tablespoon of empathy. I want them to t- remember me at two tablespoons of passion, and I want them to remember me by like a couple ounces of uh, energy and compassion. And you mix all those up, and I mixed them well enough to where I was able to share it with everybody who deserved it. And the key point in there is who deserved it. Right. And and that's I, that's that, such that a, guy was such so good with words. Woo, he was energy, wicked man. with words. <laughs> I know it, it's such a you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Like he wrote that line between art and athletics, and mm-hmm. I think he kind of understood that there's a little bit of one and the other. You know, I feel like he brought like so much to the table like that nobody had ever really even thought of before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the great villain, but the words that he used were to define himself and define yeah. other people and just it's like a poet. <laughs> exactly. 100%, a poet, a civil rights activist yeah. and an amazing athlete. Yeah. But which is why like I said when I was <laughs> when I was in like you know, 6 to on, he was like just my idol. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I his style, his style of boxing was just art to me. Elegant. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get hit. He was like the Floyd, you know, but he's a heavyweight. And nobody nobody could touch him. When Before he, he had that high head. High head right. Is. And then he got a little bit more flat-footed. But mm-hmm. still, he used, he, he thought. It wasn't just like reacting. Like, he worked with what he had, you know. He wasn't, maybe, he wasn't floating as much like a butterfly in those later years. But that whole thing we were talking about with the rumble in the jum- jungle, mm-hmm. you know, he had like a, there was a certain amount of finesse in the mm-hmm. way that 
he made that all come in like the way he talked about it the way it was promoted the way that he he executed his plan i mean next level just a, a you, you look at a, a pure genius who didn't have education but he had he had common sense right he was he was enlightened he was aware. and he could talk i mean that was the thing like his the stories he would tell the way he would just <laughs> And he would, you would, it looked like he t- would tell a story in such a way that you were watching a movie. Yeah. And it was just like when he spoke, it was just a movie. And he, he took you through the phases of, you know, the, I don't know how it works, but the plot and then the climax and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And but, he just like took you through those phases. And it didn't seem like he was trying to do that. No, it was, was just, just, it seemed effortless. He was an enlightened dude, man. He yeah. was a, a prophet. Yeah. All right, I think we've covered a lot of things. Yeah, the, the <laughs> viewers are definitely going to get a, a, an earful of this. And don't and don't forget, you can always just hit the off button. You know, if you don't like anything we're saying, just you know, you fuck can. you. <laughs> Big D doesn't agree with that, no, but I'm just kidding. I got love for y'all, man. But fuck you. <laughs> Anytime, you know, I'm saying this late. I should have said this earlier, but you know, if you don't like something. Feel free to just turn it off and not worry about it Leave ever a again. Comment below. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would, mistake, I would ask no, people to. No, I'm saying like, you, you're you're saying like, uh, leave a comment below. But I mean, you were talking earlier about where your energy's placed, and I yeah. think, uh, you know, uh, that's something that bugs me about you know social media and YouTube and all that stuff is so much negativity when it's much easier just to ignore something like yeah. i don't understand why everybody feels so like i'm gonna to bite your tongue sometimes and i i mean i get that to a point if it's something extreme but mm-hmm. just the the levels of hate you see on that stuff like if you don't like something you know it's cool just don't listen don't watch don't you know i would, fall, I would turn on a different video i would though i would encourage people to leave a comment in in from a place of positivity rather than if you're just well you guys are talking about trump you guys are all dumbasses like that's just not even why would you even spend the time to write those just don't listen to us yeah you don't like us that's fine but i do encourage people to to leave a comment about some of the things that we did talk about or or just to get an alternative perspective to what we have if it's you know if it's genuine i'm sure there'll be people that Aren't, but uh, no, I'm putting my positive vibes out there. Nobody's gonna leave them negative, <laughs> they, they won't, man. Yeah, I just spoke it into existence Big Z is the comment right now. All right, that's a good way to end it. Thanks for coming I on, Kendrick it. Coates. Um, Big D, surprise. Uh, <laughs> we're glad you made it. It was fun. I was just interested in this shit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we, uh, as always. Give me a passport right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That made me want to travel way more, no, but I already did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anybody who took the time to listen, as always, we appreciate you, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Have a good rest of your week.